It's in my gosh dang boudoir. Welcome to episode 106, everybody. This is Andrew, as always, and I'm joined by Joey. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> Maddie. What's up? And senior Batman correspondent, Benoit. Yo, yo. All right, so this week we have two new sections. We're going to be doing the Superhouse pitch. We'll get to that in a minute. And then we also got Superhouse casting call. Um, both of these segments are going to be highly Batman-centric this time around so let's get right into it we're going into the superhouse pitch so the first one ben and i kind of concocted over facebook messenger right <laughs> yeah andrew hit me up and he's like what if it was mr freeze in the yeah. matt reeves batman movie and i was like in the middle of a meeting and i was like oh let's spitball and then like right i ended up not in the middle paying, of a meeting i was not paying attention to the meeting at that point <laughs> I, was, I was just messaging back being like what if it was this and that and that I did not know that you were in the middle of a meeting, man. Um, sorry about that. Um, you don't have to respond to me immediately, man. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Batman. I was like, wait a minute. I have some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, Ben told me off mic that he wanted me to kind of read through this, but just keep in mind, disclaimer, this is kind of both of our ideas. And uh, so <clears throat> here we go. So the pitch is this. We wanted to pitch the Matt Reeves Batman, and our idea was to was to have Gyllenhaal. Ben and I are both both uh, down for Gyllenhaal to take on the cowl, and then uh, we wanted the villain to be Mr. Freeze. We thought Mr. Freeze would be a cool idea, and the theme of the movie is how do people handle loss? Let's just get right into it. That's mm -hmm. that's kind of the deep undercurrent of the of the film. Batman, of course, is kind of built on is a character built on loss, not just the initial parents, but also Jason Todd, and, well, we'll get into that. So, also, we wanted this to be a Christmas movie. Kind of makes more sense that Mr. Freeze shows up at Christmas, just, you know, goes along with, with everything, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, then Batman himself and Mr. Freeze, are at the beginning of this, start out being uh, cold-hearted, and it's about staying human after loss. We could start off with uh, it's snowing in Gotham. We start. We could. We could maybe start with shots of Jason Todd dying or flashback scenes rather, uh, and then we cut to Bruce Wayne dealing with this loss. He's reacting negatively to it. He's becoming colder and colder. Uh, Alfred is more worried than he usually is. He's uh, Batman's even shutting himself off to Alfred and the Commissioner as well. So we could start off like that. Then we can cut to Mr. Freeze. You know, he's also uh, dealing with the loss of Nora. We could have shots of him saying, I don't know, monologues to Nora like he does in the animated series. In my memories, this is how I always... Yeah, all that stuff from Heart of Ice is yeah, perfect. Just kind of steal from that <laughs> at least a little bit. And then also, what pisses Freeze off is that Batman prevented his revenge on those who put Nora in her condition. So we kind of start off with this kind of vendetta against Batman, but Batman was just doing what he does, basically, in saving people. And Batman knows he has to deal with Mr. Freeze, but he doesn't quite know how to... He's still figuring it out at this point. We were also wanting to tie in the Court of Owls, and they are what uh, happened to Nora. And is that, what, is that what the idea was? Yeah, the idea was that Mr. Freeze is sort of gunning after the Court of Owls because they were the ones responsible for... 
putting Nora in her condition. And the idea is that, okay, we've sort of seen the whole Heart of Ice revenge element with Mr. Freeze. The new factor is that Mr. Freeze and his followers are kind of almost conspiracy theorists. Right. On, like, the existence of the Court of Owls and all that. And Batman doesn't really believe in that and just believes that they're just full of bullshit. Right. Because Batman, like uh, Scott Snyder said, he knows Gotham in and out. Mm Mm-hmm. And for anything to exist in Gotham that he doesn't know about, he basically puts no stock in. Mm-hmm. But that's just how good the Court of Owls are, and they've been able to hide even under Batman's nose the whole time in his hometown. Anyway, Freeze's henchmen are people who want to want revenge on the court as well. And this was actually your note. Why would why would his henchmen want revenge as well? Just because they're down with Nora? They had similar things happen to them. <laughs> Team Nora. I got oh. a sidebar here. Okay. What? Sidebar. <laughs> Yeah, in um, in the Batman comics, the lore, the uh, what is Nora like? What does she do before? Like, all I know is that she is some woman encased in ice, right. and like, you know, is there something that she would have done to have pissed the Court of Owls off? Like, I don't know what her job was. Like, what type of well, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, what? Who was she? What was can, she? We can make that up. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't really been covered before, right? Okay, yeah, that's what, really... I guess what I'm asking. I guess has it ever been covered in any of the Batman comics? It hasn't been covered. It's barely been covered. This I okay. I can't recall anything that. Gotcha. I, okay. I can't even recall a comic of Nora that even featured her before she got sick. This whole yeah, idea of okay. Nora was introduced in the animated series as well, right? Yeah, this is all Paul Dini because originally uh, Mr. Freeze was just some dude who. Uh, froze people. Froze himself in an experiment. <laughs> is like whoops. Yeah, and like then, the, the the Adam West Batman. There's no Nora in that shit. There's no. His name is right. Victor Freeze in that. His name is Doctor Shrivel. Really, I forgot yeah. oh, about that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole okay. Nora thing is totally Deanie, huh? It is. So you know, if anything, we're kind of just adding on to okay another another, another origin for a character that's sort of been revamped over the years. Where a warm hand waits for mine. Okay. <clears throat> we have action scenes of the of Freeze and his henchmen, but probably mainly Freeze, uh, freezing up some talons. This is this is villain-on-villain villain action here, and Batman finds himself in the middle of it. We need to flesh this part out again with this p- pitch, but probably around this time in the action in this action sequence, Freeze just Freeze starting to show just how really cold he is. Like, maybe he does some fucking ice-cold shit in this action sequence. Like... Like, uh, everybody in the audience is like, damn, you know? So, don't know what that is yet, honestly, but we could figure that out. Also, Freeze's motive at this point, it's not just to exact revenge. The Court of Owls has technology uh, similar to the Lazarus Pit to bring people back. So, he this ties into him trying to bring back Nora as usual. And then, of course, uh, this is already written in Court of Owls, uh, all the Talons themselves are resurrected people already. So, there's that. And uh, we'd like to add some uh, detective work here. Batman's trying to figure out just what's going on with the court. He starts to believe here, maybe at this point, that the court really does exist because it seems like Mr. Freeze actually got an upper hand uh, as far as uh, finding out where the the court is in their in their existence. So maybe even through fo- going like trying to follow Freeze's uh, movements, he he si- starts to see that the Court of Owls actually is there as well. Batman, can't, he has a detective mind, he just can't fathom them being real, but at, there's a, there comes a point in the story where he does think that they're real, and so yeah, he has to save villains fighting each other. Uh, he's trying to you know save the bad guys in these sequences. He's stopping a war in Gotham. It's going to be a, thematically, again, a little bit of a ice versus fire. This is what you had in mind, right, Ben? Yeah. 
So right here in this, I wanted to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ice is Mr. Freeze, but the fire is Batman in this case? Uh, it could be the Court of Owls blowing shit up. I guess and they, they could... I think it's just a cool visual. It's not something really that... They could blow some shit up and there would be fire and then some ice on screen. Yeah. As well. That's basically... Okay. The idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's not a lot of thematic... It's not thematic. It could throw, show up in a couple shots, yet. though. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. But the idea is that Batman is trying... Batman kind of has to save villain on villain, but... And this leads us into the third act. Yeah. When he's fighting... When Freeze is fighting one of the Talons, the mask comes off. Yeah, this is the... Yeah, go ahead. And the Talon revealed under the mask... Is Jason Todd? Damn. This, yeah, and so Jason Todd's been resurrected this way instead of the Lazarus Pit, and this was this was totally your idea. This is a great idea, Ben. Right, because I was like, in the comics, does it really make any sense that they took on the Red Hood identity? Not really. Like, I took on the identity, the former identity of the guy who killed me, and that's for some reason is supposed to send you a message, Batman. Like, right. I never really bought that. I thought it was weird. The way they brought him back in the comics was weird with, like, Superboy Prime punching the reality wall and things like that. Like, this is how it was <laughs> right. done. And I'm like, just keep it simple. The Horde of Owls, here's somebody who was trained by Batman. We, we you know, he's dead. We can resurrect him. He's already got the training and right, all that. Right. And then, you know, when the mask comes That's the off, court's motive for getting this guy. Yeah. Because it's a guy that trained. So mm-hmm. that motive checks out. Right. So, all right. Were you, uh, did you have a th- any ahead. more to finish? Okay. Yeah. All right, moving on from that, it ties into Batman's loss and gives him reason to not want Freeze to kill him. Not right. want Free. Well, he didn't want it anyway, I guess, right. but now it's but even now more got, so. Yeah, we've got Jason back, but he's Jason as an assassin. He's he, uh, brainwashed yeah. Jason. So, like, yeah, he he's alive, but this is even worse than him staying dead. He's, he's, turning, he's basically everything that Batman taught him. He's turning against other people and harming people. And again, this is even... This could even tie back thematically as well, because now Batman can't be as cold as he was before, because mm-hmm. this is this this plays into his cold-hearted character arc. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is Batman sort of mid-career. This is what we're. This is what I'm envisioning. Yeah. This isn't Batman Begins, but this isn't uh, Dark Knight Rises either. He's right. kind of in the middle of it, and he's he's, in his seen, prime. he's yeah. yeah, he's in his prime. He's seen some shit, and uh, it's causing him to go down this path, uh, looking into the abyss, as they always say, right? So, he sees Jason Todd. At first, he might have been kind of tackling this whole thing a little bit cold-heartedly. Right. But this brings emotion into the mix even more than before. Like, a lot more. Right, because every Talon is someone else's Jason Todd. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, thematically, this plays perfectly. At least, I think so, and I think you probably think <laughs> it's pretty good too, Ben. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Um yeah, so the Court of Owls have brainwashed him. At this point, Jason is a villain. He's no longer the Sonny Loss anymore. He's back, and he's everything Batman stands against, actually. Somehow it's even worse, and now Batman feels more anger, but he's less cold-hearted, and uh, how can Batman forgive the Court as well? How does he deal with, with Talon Jason? How does Freeze deal with this? He's willing to kill everyone in his path. For Freeze, it, it's a, everything's a means to an end. He stops at nothing to save Nor. Batman attempts to save... Jason from the court and himself frees from killing the court and Jason and and Jason and and he tries to save Jason from his brainwashing all in the final act. So Batman's kind of caught all in the middle of this. Yeah, I kind of see it as it is a little winter soldiery, but I kind of picture it as Jason he's not really going to be able to save Jason out of 
this. I, I, also, I don't think Winter Soldier has uh, the monopoly on br- the brainwashing thing. It's true. It's just, you know, people might see the similarity of, you know, former sidekick who was believed dead has come back due to an assassin organization <laughs> yeah. well, that's yeah. currently brainwashed and he has to get through the program. Like, it's a little... But, I mean, that was kind of a risk you could take. Yep, you guys, I just sucks. Trash it. Nah, <laughs> no. Can't do it. It's over. <laughs> just watch the Winter Soldiers and we have an idea. Also, yeah. I, I think that the... Like I was I was trying to say a little bit earlier, like Freeze to me seems like a villain. Like, basically, his 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 end goal is noble. He's trying to save the woman that he loves. Yeah. Correct. There's nothing really wrong with that. But the thing is, he becomes a villain because he just will do fucking anything. I feel like Freeze would kill a baby to save Nora. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if it, if it came to it, yeah. If it came down to it. And this is the difference between him and Batman. And that's what mm-hmm. it's... It's all going to come down in this final showdown. There'll be something there. And we I have guess, to sort of end the story with Batman sort of regaining his humanity after recognizing yes. that Mr. Freeze is this dark reflection of him. And it might play something similar to, like, I don't have to say... Like that thing in the end of Batman Begins, I don't have to save you mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. It might play somewhat similarly to that, but we'd have to tweak it a little bit more. But I think that something in that direction would be cool. Actually, yeah, it would be a little bit more... Um, he's closer to Jason Todd than he is to Raz. Yeah. In Raz al Ghul in, in right. Batman Begins. So mm-hmm. I think that there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. I do have an idea for a big reveal in like a post-credits thing. Okay. <laughs> you reveal that the court is the American chapter of the League of Assassins. Okay. Damn. You Damn. might as well tie them together because otherwise you got two different leagues that have assassins that have resurrection technology right. and I'm like, why don't you just tie them together? And that yeah. way with yeah. those connections when Roswell Ghoul shows up, he's like, oh yeah, I just resurrected your ward to get your attention. He doesn't mean anything. That would be that would be cool. That would be cool. And then guess who's going to want revenge on the guy who's behind the Court of Owls? Mr. Freeze. So they're going to team up in the next Maybe. one. Maybe. They probably would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see Freeze dying in this. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, Freeze I, is coming yeah. back, and I'd this love is... to see Freeze in a role where it's not just, oh, I want revenge on what happened to my wife, but him actually doing stuff beyond that. This is about finding humanity. This is the mm-hmm. whole, this is the whole uh, crux of this movie. I mean, imagine actually getting to see him end up saving Nora and living happily ever after in some version of this. I don't know. if that's Batman what we wouldn't would do. trust it ever. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. But like, imagine that there was an actual possibility of that when you're watching yeah. the movies, and you kind of want that, and suddenly you end up rooting for the guy who you think was the supervillain. Like, oh, that would be, God, right. be great! Yeah. That be would great. be fucking amazing. I'd um, be mad because he doesn't. You know, <laughs> I'd be going through so many emotions, and that's you know. Ben, your last line in, the, in our conversation here was, "And in spite of all the traumas, Batman perseveres." Which is the <laughs> of all these movies, anyway. So I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to end this pitch on that so before we go on to your other pitches ben mm-hmm. um any uh other thoughts about this one before we move on uh i mean not not so much i think the mr bringing mr freeze back is a great way to redeem the oh, image yeah. of mr freeze after yeah. arnold schwarzenegger so that sort of segues us into the casting call the superhouse casting that, call. that yes that could be before we before we move <laughs> on into that i just wanted uh maddie and joey anything Thoughts, um, review, no. review of the pitch. I think I, I, know, I like what I heard. I think as far as like Court of Owls and League of Assassins, they kind of seem like they're like can be the same sort of Illuminati, Skull and Bones type right. of uh, yes, you yes, know, yes. Group. Might as well connect them. Yeah, might as well connect them. You know, I mean, I kind of yeah, I think I think it's great. I'm down. My only thing is, is if you introduce Jason Todd, is there going to be something in the beginning? Like, are we going to know? 
we would have life. to have a death of a family sequence in the beginning. That's the thing. Yeah. That's for general audiences. It's just like we're jumping into that, but. Yeah, I mean, another way is that you would kind of have to do another movie that had, that killed him off before this one, but I don't know if that, that was part of my that. casting. My casting, I was like, because I felt like when you put out the casting calls, like, oh, this is going to be fun, and then I started overthinking. I was like, but wait, we're going to need a previous movie if I cast this person because then you got to learn to love him as, you know, Robin. <laughs> and then when you see when you see the reveal, you're like, holy fuck, no, he it was so work good. That way. You know, um, but that was like I, I wrestled with a lot of that, like with some of my casting. I was like, but you got to see him in this before you see this, you right. know, or something. Mm-hmm. But um, that that would be my only like issue and not coming from me, like watching the movie, because I'd be like, fuck, yeah, I know what happened to Jason Todd. I read a Batman comic once or twice. I know what's going on. Yeah. But for like someone who sets down to a new Batman film. I feel like people are like, why should I care about this guy? We why would, is this reveal so important? No, I, I definitely agree. We would have to sort of cement who he is and what he meant to Bruce before yeah. that reveal. Otherwise, you kind of run into, you now know, listen. Batman, you know, Batman versus Superman type situation where you see like the parademons in, in the middle of that Nightmare sequence, and you're like, okay, what the hell is that? We did yeah. kind of open up with with both of them having flashbacks about or having traumatic, like kind of opening up with their traumatic traumatic uh, mm-hmm. uh, experiences, but. Um, the thing is, the only pro- the only problem with that when when I was writing, I was thinking this. The you know we're, we're opening up on two traumatic people, which is fine, but it's almost like oh emo Batman. You know, it's like does t- maybe yeah, maybe but... he flashes back in the middle of a fight sequence or something. I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, I, mean, I would do. think maybe the opening sequence is the death of Jason, and then all that's the what I was thinking. Yeah, all the flashbacks yeah. throughout are like Jason beforehand, and it's like a horror thing. movie kind of in the beginning. I just feel like, I mean... It's like, you take Jason Todd out in a way that, like, oh, no, he can't come back. Gets shot in the head or something. Would you... you, It's like, there's no way this guy's coming back. You know what I mean? I feel like... Yeah, go ahead, Joey, sorry. You kind of feel like you're dealing with the death of this character. It's like, you know, like like in Scream or, like, movies sort of back in the 90s, they'd have that, like, you start out and there's, like, already, like, action happening. You know what I mean? Like, the the plan went wrong or whatever type of deal. And then that's like the first 10 minutes of the films, like this like big ass action scene to get you into it. Is yeah. that, isn't that the way under the red hood, the animated, isn't that the start yeah. of it? Like you see him die and mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. That'd be cool. Also, yeah. I'm not opposed to watching a four hour Batman film. Either, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, me either. Just let that be known. <laughs> um, I, I think it'd be cool though, if you did do that in the beginning and then fast forward several years or something, and like we get to know a new Robin, so we learn to love him throughout the movie. Well, we have a Tim Drake. So, yeah. yeah, and then like then it's revealed that it's yeah, Jason yeah. Todd because then it would take your mind away from, well, what happened to that rock? Well, I mean, we would know, we yeah. would see it coming at some point, but I feel like a general audience might be like, well, I guess that sucks, and you know, like fast forward like a couple of years, and he's standing over the, the grave of Jason Todd and kind of walks back and. Yeah. You know, maybe the new Robin shows up or whatever, and yeah, whoever Batman's, you want to. Yeah, Batman's like super and, overprotective of him, and like Tim's like, "What the yeah. fuck, man!" And then right. like, but the audience is just like, "Oh, this is all just a set up that dynamic," and like Batman's gonna learn to not be so much of an overbearing father to him, and then boom, yeah. Jason Todd shows up, and Jason sees Tim, and he's like, "Ah, oh, pretender." And then you'd have yeah, that fucking yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. Jason Todd Tim Drake fight, and you'd yeah. be like, oh, "Fuck, dude. oh my god!" And then Batman's like, "This is trying that to movie. take out some court of owls, but he's worried about Tim, and he's got to save Jay." Dude, Batman would be going through the gamut of emotions in this fucking <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like, what yeah, you, the fuck? You'd have to get a serious, like, Robin actor, like, somebody who can fucking make the first ten minutes before he dies, like, him to be lovable. 
I yeah. think I chose it. I think I chose it. I think the okay. person I chose, I think, would be good. I, I just, I love the idea of like there might even be some part of him that, like in Batman, this part in his life where uh, being cold-hearted helps him. Mm-hmm. Not just like it, it helps him to, in a fight. He's like, I can fuck up a couple dudes. He's not using guns like Batfleck is, right. but it's it's like it's like um, he 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 feels personally like this this is actually helping him to a certain degree, but actually it's not. And Alfred sees it. And if he right. keeps going on this path, it's basically to oblivion. Well, also, it'll show in the way... I mean, this is a great idea, Maddie, to bring in Tim Drake, because then you can see how he treats the new Robin. True. Yeah, the true. new Robin, yeah. and Batman cool. justifies it being like, like, I'm keeping him alive. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the yeah. thing. I think Tim should always be the character... I feel like, you know, in the, like in the comics or in the movie, the animated movies, he's always like, no, I can take care of it. You don't get... Don't come, Tim. Or, like, it'll be Nightwing. He's like, I can help you. And it's like, no, don't worry about it. I got this. And then finally, like, Bruce gives in. It's like, I'm going to need your help. But that's, I think, Tim should be that. Like, you see these training montages of him training Tim. And Tim's awesome. We're all like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see him in action as Robin. But we never see it until, like, Batman goes to take on the Court of Owls, Mr. Freeze, and all that shit before the Jason Todd reveal. And he shows up. And Tim Drake's just watching from, like, a tower somewhere. And, you know, you're like, oh, shit, Tim's there. He's not supposed to be there. Batman's not going to like this, you know? <laughs> right, it's right, like right. He jumps in to help Batman, but Batman's like, I don't want you here. I can't lose anyone again. Or, like, some line like that where it pulls at our heartstrings. We're like, oh, it's true. Batman feels. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. And, Batman feels. Because, <laughs> like, the whole movie, I feel like you want him to be cold. Like, the way it's described is we have the cold-hearted Batman. We just, like, he is just doing everything himself, even if he's getting fucked up and, like, you know, he doesn't want to involve anyone. Like, you could even have Catwoman show up or some shit and be like, no, I don't need any help. Like, he's just turned everyone away who's ever helped him in his past, you know? Yes, exactly. He's trying yeah. to do it all yeah. alone. And, like, when he gets for this final battle or, like, you know, whenever he takes on the Court of Owls or if he does take on the Court of Owls and gets fucked up, like, and our Batman at the end of this movie is, like, 40% Batman, which is still a pretty badass Batman, but, like, he needs fucking help. So yeah. Tim's like, I gotta go, Alfred. And Alfred's like, Oh, you should. And Alfred says something about not losing Master Bruce, and we all cry because it's like something Michael uh, uh, Alfred would have said. And we we're like, Oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. Like you gotta go, Tim. You gotta say Batman. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I, I mean, I'm fucking in, man. I just, it's sounds good. I was just worried about the. For me, it was more like just introducing Jason Todd, like straight up, like the reveal, which I assumed you guys had a plan. I believe in you. I believe in the team. I believe it was going to be worked out, but I was like, that was my only complaint. I was just like, man, I, I just want to see a Jason. I need to, I need to follow. I need that Jason Todd reveal to be intense. You know, I need that. Yeah. Yeah. To pull off the mask, to be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It does kind of like the way it's written now, it kind of uh, hinges on people kind of knowing who Jason Todd is, but that would need to be kind of, yeah, definitely fleshed to, out more. Yeah. We have to, it depends on how it's written in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Just like throwaway flashbacks might might not even be enough. Who knows? Or maybe it's a little bit like well, here I, do, and there. I mean, I do think bringing Tim Drake is going to be the best way to do that because yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, this that whole death of Jason Tom was just to bring in this Robin subplot. Right, 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 right. And, and I think too, just doing it in the beginning is great. Like we get to we get our introduction to a new Joker, you know, whoever that may be. But it's not a yeah, Joker movie, yeah. but we get to see a new Joker for. 10, 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. And that and way people will be like, oh, okay, you, you did cast a good Joker. That guy was re- like, and it's just Joker being the worst Joker ever. Like, he's going to kill Jason Todd okay. in this scene. Everyone knows it. So, like, you have to have a great Jason Todd actor. You have to have a great fucking Joker. 
at this point because like some of the dialogue you could write between that scene, you know, and like fucking having Jason starts Jason Todd start to cry or something during it, dude. It could be like heartbreaking yeah, in the first yeah. fifteen minutes, and you'd be like, "Oh shit!" He could like, "What the fuck am I in store for? What is this Batman movie I'm about to watch?" He could you know? kill. He could kill him, like straight up kill him, and then. Oh yeah, I mean, I want to see like dissolve, I want to see like, like crowbar to the face shots. Jesus, he yeah, that like that whole thing slow dissolve out, and then it shows the Batman, and then we start the movie. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, and then it opens like after the Batman drops. We don't need to see who's who is the Batman. I don't want to see who the director of this fucking movie is. I don't <laughs> care. I'm here for Batman. Right right. The and then it opens up, and we see the gravestone of Jason Todd, Bruce Wayne standing over it. I'm in, dude. I'm sold. By the way, Ben. Who do I write a check to? I don't have much <laughs> money, but you can have what I have. I have I have read Court of Owls. It was a couple years ago, but right. Court of Owls is mainly kind of a monolithic, kind of mysterious. There's no real – is, is Talon the leader? Or Talon, is there a leader? They're the assassins. They're, it's unclear who the leader is. There's kind of like this council of guys in owl masks. I like that. Keep it ambiguous. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of do. I mean, the idea of tying them into the League of Assassins honestly isn't completely mine. They did that in Gotham, but okay. like, I I agree with it. Like, they did Court of Owls and League in Gotham. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I stopped. Uh, <laughs> I stopped paying attention to that a, while, a little while ago. <laughs> So, going right into it, where this is the Superhouse casting call. Yes. Take it away, Ben. All right, so we already pitched the Mr. Freeze movie. Who is your Mr. Freeze? Let's start with... Wait, let's. Let, I want to do a little bit more setup no here. No one else. So, this is a... This is a we're, we did a casting call. This is a rogues gallery thing. We actually, we actually didn't cast Batman, I think, right? This is a rogue... Well, we... Well, I, I mean, did. Jill and Hall. We did. We, we both like what I, overall. I think everybody on this podcast likes that. What I, I sent think. Joey and Maddie was a list of. You guys can talk about whatever Batman you want, but basically, I, I sent them a list of Rogues Gallery. Yes. And these ca- the categories are, Mister Freeze, Jason Todd, Catwoman, Two Face, Riddler, Penguin, Scarecrow, Roz, bonus round Joker. If you know if they do cast a new Joker, and another bonus round any character that you want. So. Sorry to cut you off. Back to Go you, ahead. Ben. Just wanted to set it up for okay. the listener. Of course. All right. So, who is your Mr. Freeze? Let's start with Maddie. All right. Uh, my Mr. Freeze, um, I think there was some, like, maybe some casting rumor about it. Um, I picked Brian Cranston mm. because I love him in Breaking Bad, and when he's, like, full-on, like, Walter, like, badass mode, oh, yeah. I would love to see that as Mr. Freeze. Just, like, because I think um, Brian Cranston can play, like, the lovable guy. But, like, to see him play, like, a villain character, like, when he would do those turns in Breaking Bad, when you're just like, oh, do not fuck with him. Yeah. You know, um, I think that would be, he'd be really great because you could get that uh, range from him as Mr. Freeze. And plus, he's already been bald, so he don't he doesn't care to <laughs> shave his head for Mr. Freeze role. <laughs> right. um, and I think he can play someone who's, like, you know, a scientist, and you believe that he could figure out how to make, you know, a gun shoot ice or, you know, keep his wife alive. And I think that's, uh, for me, that's, uh, I just want a strong actor, especially what you guys described. Like he's going to be in this movie a lot, and yeah. it seems like he's going to run the gamut of emotions um, as Mister Freeze. And I think Cranston can do that. Um, so that was my choice uh, for Mister Freeze. Absolutely, I can totally see him switch from like the you know guy crying over his wife to just being that cold-hearted, fucking cold-hearted. Yeah. yeah, stay out of my territory. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, Joey. Um. 
I was thinking maybe I kind of just I didn't think too hard on these. I just kind of uh, <clears throat> you know thought of the characters and sort of like uh, who, who would be you know kind of just off the top of my head. Um, so I was thinking for Mister Freeze, Kristoff uh, Waltz. Ooh, Ooh, good one. Yeah, good, good one. one. There's uh, there's the movie the, the German accent tradition. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's yes. The movie The Zero Theorem, uh, and on the front like poster, he's got like a bald head, and you know, again with like the German accent and everything. I I think he'd be a good uh, Mister Freeze. I think he's I think he's got the chops. He's got the sort of uh, you know he can he's got the the range. Uh, not not that Mister Freeze has much of a range, but um, you know you can definitely believe this sort of. Uh, believe him when he you know he, he loves his wife but he's also very sinister um so yeah i'll go with christoph waltz sweet sweet andrew um so ben you, you're doing the one that I'm, we talked about you, yeah. okay yeah <laughs> so my pick was actually uh jason isaacs mm-hmm. um and i love ben's pick but i'm gonna let him have that one of course but uh jason isaacs if you guys don't know he's Lorca. he's the new um he's yeah. one of the captains no yeah he is the captain on uh Star Trek Discovery. Um, He's Draco Malfoy's father. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I think he would be pretty cool. Yeah. No, he's great at playing villains. Yeah. yeah. I, he would. He would pull it off, man. I mean, I love all the actors being listed. Uh, my like when Andrew first asked me the question, I honestly hadn't really thought that much about it. Uh, but then I thought about, I'm like, okay, Matt Reeves is doing the directing. And then I thought, like, who was the last person to work with Matt Reeves? And then I was like, all right, what if it was Woody Harrelson? Mr. Yeah. Freeze. I love that pick, man. I think it's great. You can just see that, you know, Andrew said, like, oh, man, I can see that it was, like, bitter-ass face in the helmet, <laughs> yeah, like, the yeah. snow as he's, like, raising yeah. the gun and everything. And I could, you know, it'd be a different accent for Mr. Freeze, obviously. Um, keep the southern accent, yeah. man. No, yeah, no, no, just, you, just you keep, yeah. Because, like, it's it's a new take on it, you know? And it's somebody who's different from Arnold and and everybody. And I can I think he can convey that wrath. Yeah. 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 He had that fucking... Um, determination that look in his eye mm-hmm. yeah kind of hell-bent type of thing of course but also cold at the same time mm-hmm. side note apparently whenever they were um directing the guy what was his name that that voiced uh freeze and michael and sarah yeah him they said that he they they, they told him play this cold mm-hmm. seriously don't don't get very emotional and they like when he first read it like that way he was like that's kind of um monotone almost and like yeah that's kind of what we want mm-hmm. I always thought that was kind of cool. All right, back to it. Um, uh, keep it going, Ben. All right, so the, the other villain of this was Jason Todd slash Talon, or if you guys wanted to do a Red Hood thing, that'd be cool too, but who is your Jason Todd? Now, Maddie said he's got a good pick. I want to hear what it is. What okay, it is. Um, so I think one of, before I say, I think one of the biggest injustices of um, The Dark Knight Rises was casting Joseph Gordon-Levitt and not making him a fucking Robin. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that is my pick. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, oh, nice. I think, has the range to be Jason Todd, especially in a death scene in the beginning of a film. Yep. Um, and it's not like you have to. I, I just think he, hands down, he could pull that. He could pull it off, no problem. I think he has like he could be Talon if you need it, or in a another movie to be like you know uh, Jason Todd, just as Robin, just like you know, just the Jason Todd we know and love. Mm-hmm. And I think he could pull off both roles. And I think you know, I don't. Uh, I don't think recently he's played anyone who's been like super stone cold assassin. So I'd really like to see him not like have any emotion when his reveal happens. 
you know, um, kind of contrasting, like seeing his death where he's might be crying or, you know, pleading for Batman to save his life. Then you see this like dead face. I think uh, just Gordon-Levitt could pull it off hands down. Um, that would be my pick. Um, but honestly, I would like to say I would love to see him as a Robin first. So we'd have to make a movie before this Mr. Freeze movie <laughs> just to see him. Because I think him and Gyllenhaal together would be like, I think it'd be really interesting. I don't really know how that would work. But right, because uh, it's not a big age difference between the two. It'd almost be like right. a younger brother thing rather than a son. Right. Yeah, and I think that would. I mean, I think that would be interesting. I didn't want to cast anyone like super young, even though some of the actors I have chosen for certain characters are younger than other actors. But I was just kind of trying to pick people that I thought would be best for the roles right now. But um, yeah, I would love to see just Gordon Levitt. I mean, when that when Dark Knight Rises ends, I was like. I, what, they're, are they going to do anything with this? Like, what the fuck? Like, why would you set Joseph Gordon-Levitt up to do this and then not have a fourth movie? And then nothing happened. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah, I know. So right. I just kind of, I wanted to put him back in it. Um, I also think he'd probably be a good Tim Drake too. So, you know, either yeah. way, I think his, he could do both roles. So Yeah, he's almost like a cop version of Tim Drake in that right. movie. Uh, yeah, in a way. I yeah always, that's right that's right i was like if you're gonna do the nolan version of robin i i always thought what might have been like a nice way to tie it in is if like all the cops gave each other like different call signs like gordon was like eagle right and then like blake was robin but like he also had like a green poncho on and on top of like a red vest and so it's sort of uh, like a robin outfit but yeah out of just like regular clothes that would be cool so that'd be like the, the closest he could have gotten to, to Robin, I guess, in the context of the movie. Right. You know. All right. Uh, on to Joey. Um, come back to me. <laughs> Joey come doesn't care me. about Jason Todd. All right, Andrew. <laughs> Diversity up in this bitch. Oh. Steven Yoon. Oh, Ooh, sweet. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he's got the look. He's got the build. Um. He might be slightly old, but I think it'd be, I think it'd work. Yeah, you I think guys it'd are work. Casting old ass Jason Todd's. Yeah, I know that's the only if we're thing. Kill but it I, off in the opening, like, but I need that diversity. I, I mean, but you have better. a plethora of other characters for the diversity. I know, but uh, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm stick right, with it. All right, uh, Joey, shall we skip you for this, or do you have somebody? Yeah, just go ahead and skip me. All right. Um, I was thinking more along the lines of the Talon than Robin, simply because we're not we're going to see Talon more. And uh, I was thinking of somebody who actually would have at least a ten year age gap. <laughs> okay. Ball. Okay. Um, so I think who could be an interesting Jason Todd is uh, Caleb Landry Jones. Who Who is that? Oh yeah, he's the yeah. brother from Get Out. The creepy oh, ass dude. Okay. Yeah. He's also just, Banshee. Yeah, oh, he's also Banshee. I imagine him being sort of like Banshee in the Robin scenes, just sort of a little more normal. And then when he comes back as Talon, I can sort of see him. He's got that disturbed look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can see him looking at Gyllenhaal being like, you let me die. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Sort of yeah. like rage. I could yeah. see it, yeah. That's yeah. fucking good. So that's who I have. Nice. Sweet. Um, let's see. I have a little bit of a different order than, than uh, what you guys might have gotten, simply because like, I have a few pitches that sort of tie into certain characters. So the next one I have listed is the Riddler. Okay, uh, Maddie. Uh, I picked. I picked. Uh, this guy's on the young side, but I think it'd be very interesting. Not like since it's not the movie we pitched, but to have, you know, Batman be older and a younger Riddler, mm. um, someone who thinks they're smarter than Batman, 
And you know, as the younger we are, the smarter we think we are than our, uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, than adults or people older than us. So I pick uh, Alex Lothar, who is the guy from Black Mirror episode where he turns out to be the pedophile at the end, or is in the new series uh, End of the Fucking World on Netflix. He's a British actor. Okay. Um, And I think uh, he's in this new movie called Freak Show, and he's very eccentric, and he's like a high school kid who dresses weird like like imagine david bowie uh going to high school like you know it's just like all the suits are kind of eccentric and he just does some poses and some looks in it i was like oh man that guy would make a great fucking riddler dude like he would own that fucking costume and believe it you know because i think the hardest thing is like some of these costumes are kind of you know hard to you know kind of see on the big screen but i think it takes the actor to kind of own the outfit and I think this dude could pull off like even question marks all over a suit. Um, but uh, he's very, uh, I just, I just, I thought he'd be a cool choice for uh, someone. And I always, I thought it would be fun to cast him younger just because I love that, uh, that dynamic of an older Batman, like Jake, if it is Jake Hall, which I agree, I think he'd be a great choice. Um, I, you know, I, it's hard to imagine him as Batman, but I know he can do it. But until I see it, I'll be like, oh, I was right. You know, like I rest yeah. easy. In my decision <laughs> like when we talk about it i'm like well what he's done that makes me think of batman but i think he can pull it off but i would like to have someone younger like in their early 20s or something fighting like a 30 40 year old batman mm-hmm. yes and you know and like in him besting batman in some aspects but batman ultimately getting the upper hand and be like you know say something at the end of the movie that's like you got a lot to learn kid or some bullshit like that you know like while he's in arkham asylum or something um but that's my pick for Riddler. Sweet. Joey? No, I don't have anybody for Riddler. <laughs> Joey, Joey didn't do his homework, man. Joey put a lot of thought into these casting yeah, choices. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got, a, I, I got a couple. I don't have all of them. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Andrew? Uh, Joey actually mentioned him earlier. I think Christoph Waltz would be a great Riddler. Mm. Mm. Okay. I don't know if he'd do the German accent, but I think that he would have the, like, I'm smarter than you thing. Yeah. I, can I think that, that he, could, he could pull that down. And, like, we've talked about this before, and, like, 20 30 episodes ago but uh riddler's deal is kind of like he's vain right it's vanity right, he, he's right. egotistical mm-hmm. and i think that he could definitely pull this this part off so and he has a look i mean imagine him in that hat man yeah and the I glasses i think it could work mm-hmm. um, i i got one for riddler i think would be oh uh interesting uh michael stolbarg would be an interesting oh. uh riddler that, i think you, you snatched my penguin pick Oh no! Oh, don't do don't 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 uh. No, I'm, I'm kidding. He wasn't my top penguin pick. Too but early. Okay. That would be a good penguin too. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, right. who's this guy? What's he in? Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. He's in the, uh, so he was in the Shape of Water as the doctor who helped him. Oh, oh cool. All right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Boardwalk yeah. Empire as uh, I forgot oh, his yeah. name Rothstein. He was in Doctor mm-hmm. Strange as like the other doctor who like tried to operate on him. Oh yeah, um, he's in a lot of stuff. He's a character. Actor. Oh yeah, he's you know he like just blends in. Fargo TV show. Like you're likely to have oh. seen him in stuff. You just don't remember him because he, he's he one of those guys. In. Yeah, he's an arrival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sweet. Um, back when we did the Wonder Woman review, I sort of pitched my idea of the Riddler being this starting out as like Enigma Investigations, a private investigator. Yeah. who sort of like gets jealous of Batman, who's the world's greatest detective. And creates the Riddler persona in order to like best him, um, and I was thinking about that. And honestly, my first choice for Riddler 
when I was thinking about that was Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler form. But if he's already Batman, it's not going to work. Right. And then I was like, okay, who's really good at playing like snarky, smart guys? Oh, Jesse Eisenberg. I'm like, oh shit, he's Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, so I had to go way outside the box and I started thinking about it. I'm like, um, where does Riddler come from and everything? How How is he the way he is? And my sort of creative choice for this is, for the Riddler, is John Cho. Okay, interesting. Edward is somebody who is not satisfied with the fact he got all A's because they weren't A pluses. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. you kind of see how this his background is almost a perfect fit for just Asian Americans. Always being, cool. always being yeah. pushed to be the smartest one, always being pushed to yeah. Yeah. be the best yeah. at everything, right? And like, what if that pushed one particular guy into becoming a supervillain. Right. Right. And you could see, I could, you know, show has got the range. He can obviously do comedy because of, you know, Harold and Kumar. He can do the drama, the action. He's played a villain on TV. He played like a guy who's possessed mm-hmm. on like yeah. Exorcist and stuff. So he's got a okay. range for it. He definitely looks good in a suit. <laughs> and, you know, Edward, and I was thinking about like Edward, like all the people I know who personally who are Edwards are other Asian guys. <laughs> like, I don't really know a lot of it white totally guys. Works. Yeah. So like that works. And then like Nigma, like in my version of it, at least is, was a cover name. He changed his name to that. Right. You could easily see him being like, you know, his parents wanted him to be an engineer or something. And he decided to break himself off of his parents, change his name, become this private eye. Right. And made something out of himself until Batman came along and fucking like. You know, made him second best, and he's like, "Well, I can't take that anymore." And then right. he, he gets possessed by obsessed with the idea of being better. And uh, I think that'd be a great opportunity to, you know, bring diversity up in this bitch. Yeah, <laughs> diversity up in this bitch. Uh, you know what, uh, Ben? I also had that actor as another character Ooh. at oh, first, shit. but then I just was like, "How do I?" T- like, I just I, I got too hung up on the actual comic book character names. And I like had to change it. And I'll let you when we get to that character. I'll let you know okay. who who I picked for him. Sweet. But all right, uh, next then is we've I sort of mentioned him before, but next is the penguin. Okay, penguin. Matthew. All right, here's my choice. I had someone else who was originally rumored to be the penguin, and I was like, I've never really seen him in anything. I just think he has the look. So I decided to change it, and I changed it to Jack Black. Because I'm going kind of Danny DeVito over here where no one thought, like, why are they casting Danny DeVito as a penguin? Mm-hmm. Like, what? He's like a comedy dude. You know, what's he going to do? And then he turned out to be, like, gross and despicable, and he's like, you bought it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do that with Jack Black because I want someone short and round. Because that's my penguin. <laughs> you know, that's like, my penguin I, I, right there. I love, that. I love the guy in Gotham. I think he does a great job. But it's just like when I visually think of the penguin, yeah. I need it to, like, kind of fit, like, the way a penguin looks. Mm-hmm. And I and we've never and I've never really seen Jack Black play someone evil, but I feel like most comedians at some point he he probably could do it. I I believe that he yeah. I don't know if I've seen it, but I think he could do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in Bernie he's like a murderer, but it's like kind of funny, um, you know. But to see him go like have some like comedy bits and then like be like really dark would be really interesting to see. Um, and I think he just needs, like, this. I'm just kind of throwing Jack Black, like, come on, man. The guy's a good actor. Let's throw him a bone, man. Let's make him Penguin. Um, but, yeah, I just, I think he's got the look, and I've seen him in a lot of stuff, and I think he's a really good actor, and I'd like to see him play someone a lot darker. Mm. And I think he could do it, but that would be my choice. Sweet. Joey, do you have anybody for Penguin? Nope. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> to you, Andrew. <laughs> Oh, uh, so this one I think was the single hardest one for me. Really? Yeah, I, I had a hard time casting this guy. Um, I'm thinking um, maybe Paul Giamatti. 
I, I was okay. thinking that too. I wasn't sure though. Joey, you don't get to jump on it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> my my runner up here. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like the, that. The runner up would be Patton Oswalt. Oh, so. after he played, because I keep remembering him playing that in that spoof. Yeah, that spoof thing. But he could really do it, I think. Mm-hmm. And he like loves his horse material, apparently. Oh so. yeah, no, he's he's a big nerd. On yeah, stuff just like us. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all I got. I mean, yeah, hardest one. Uh, I think I already revealed my choice on a previous episode, but I would love to see Andy Circus. Oh yeah, he would be good. Yeah, I forgot about maybe that. Maybe to make him look a little old, like plumper, but like mm-hmm. you know, he could do this role in his sleep. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'd yeah. love to see him in a role that's not just mocap. Like yeah, he gets to be Ulysses Claw in Black Panther, but like I'm not really expecting to see him again after that movie. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Marvel Universe really has plans for him. So like, why not? He's already worked with Matt Reeves. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I think he'd be a good choice again. Uh, you know, Joey mentioned Michael Stuhlbarg. I think he'd be he'd be great too. He's a little lesser known, not right. as much of a like ooh uh, type of feeling when you hear the name, but um, he's got the look uh, already and, and the range. And I think you know either one of those gentlemen would be great. Cool. All right, on to let's get some women in here. Let's <laughs> talk about Catwoman, Maddie. All right, uh, my pick is, is Zoe Kravitz. Um, ooh. I like her and like everything I've seen her in, and I didn't really expect much from her because when you hear of like the daughter of like musicians or actors, you're just like, ah, come on. But like, I thought she was really great and dope. Um, I thought like she didn't have much of a much line, many lines in uh, Mad Max Fury Road, but I thought she was good and she held her own against like, you know, Tom Hardy and like Shirley's their own. Um, and also, you know, let's get some color in there, man. Like, I don't need my Catwoman to be white every time. So. Yeah. Um, and I think it just she just could bring something different and more, you know, like if we're trying to get a younger audience in, I think Zoe Kravitz would bring it. It would be a different Catwoman. I think she'd probably have some say on what her suit looked like. You know, I don't need the Michelle Pfeiffer suit. I just need something to resemble some of the cat suits. But I think she would bring like some different kind of style to the character mm-hmm. that we haven't seen before, maybe in comics for sure, but not on the big screen. Um but yeah, that's uh, I would choose her just because I think she's got she seems kind of like a badass dude. Like I wouldn't fuck with her. <laughs> uh, back when Darren Aronofsky was doing Year One, it's actually stated in the script that Selena Kyle was going to be African American. Oh really? Yeah. Take on yeah. It. That's uh, good. You could easily picture like Rosario Dawson at the time. Yeah, in that right. script. When I was reading yeah. it, she is basically her Sin City character as Selena Kyle. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joey, do you have a Catwoman? No. <laughs> Big surprise! <laughs> oh my god, Andrew, you better edit this stuff out. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, no, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> Andrew, Joey, Catwoman. from now on, just tell us when you have one. <laughs> okay. How about that? We'll do. <laughs> All right. All right Andrew, so, so moving on. Uh, yeah. So, um, I would go Zoe Saldana. This is time for the Zoes. See, yeah. listen, I also thought about doing some Marvel people, but I was like. Hold up. They got their Marvel characters. I'm going to try to think outside of the box. I forgot about the existence of Zoe Kravitz, even though I've seen Creed 2. Uh, and she was like the only one. But I... Wait, 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 wait. She wasn't in Creed. Was she in Creed? Creed yeah. The first Creed? No. No, oh, no. I did someone different. Somebody else. Oh. That was Tessa Thompson. I don't know Zoe Kravitz yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, Thompson, though. yeah. She was in uh, X-Men First Class. She was yeah, the, she's the girl with a... the wings who turns. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen that. Yeah, it wasn't that great of a role anyway. <laughs> No. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would just go Saldana. I think. I mean, even though she's been in Marvel stuff, I, yeah. I don't know. I think. I think she has the look and also diversity up in this bitch. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I was similar to Maddie where I'm just like, okay, I, I do have some Marvel actors like Andy Serkis, but it was kind of like, are they really going to reuse him? As opposed to Zoe, where it's Probably like... Probably not, man. Yeah, well, as opposed to Zoe, where I'm just like, she's got a bunch of Guardians shit. Like, yeah, you know, I know. And oh, Avatar, dude. like, I'm like, mm... Yeah, probably. She's not got one more Guardians, at least. Probably another one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, because I was I was thinking of the girl from uh, Valkyrie from Thor Ragnarok because oh, I really yeah. liked her. I thought she was just that's, so fucking that's badass. And I was like, yeah. And I was just like, nah, she's in Marvel. Like, let's get someone who's not in that universe because it's easy to pick those people because you see it. You've just seen them. Yeah. You know. Um. So I was like trying to think of someone who wasn't necessarily like thought about or you know i hadn't seen in a while and anything yeah so huh. uh you guys make me feel bad that i picked a white girl though. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna do that man <laughs> uh my pick for catwoman who i'd like to see is olivia wilde she's got like oh shit dude oh yeah. <laughs> she's got Jesus like, like cat like features you know, yeah yeah she does. and i haven't seen her in a lot recently anyway so this would be a good like comeback for her i know mm-hmm. that she could pull it off i you know i've rewatched certain um scenes for different things she's been in like this one i think it was vinyl or something where she's like in a huge argument with um bobby cannavale's character or something and like she really holds her own no matter who she's you know arguing with and everything mm-hmm. i just i could totally see her and gyllenhaal just sparks flying uh nice. with them interacting so that's my pick for Catwoman. nice now i do have a pitch for where to go with this character but do you want to save that for after let's save that for the next one let's let's okay. let's run through these let's run through the actors all right next then is another sort of morally ambiguous character it's two-face i got one uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> okay got here one. we go joey go take it away yeah. you actually just mentioned that ben is bobby cannavale oh really oh shit that's yeah. a good that's a good pick actually it really it is yeah because he's got he's got that anger man that you oh, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Need, need to need to be terrified nice i can kind yeah. of see it i hadn't thought of that but yeah i can see that maddie who's yeah, your two-face? go ahead Oh, did you need to see something, Joey? No, no, go ahead. Um, my pick, uh, just because I was trying to throw this guy in him in here, and I love him as an actor, and it's Joel Edgerton. Ooh. I love him. I watch anything he's in. I think he can like command the screen like nobody else. Like whenever he's on screen, I'm just watching him. Like I was thinking of it comes at night, and like how that movie's okay. I have some issues with it, but he is just so good in it. And like I think yeah. he can clean up really nice too. So I think it would be great for him just like, you know, because most of the time he's like a bearded dude in it um, in most of his films. But like he can clean up. I think he would look great. And I think he'd be great. And I think he would just totally lean into the whole, uh, you know, the Two-Face character mm-hmm. um, to see him go between Harvey Dent and Two-Face, I think would be great. This was my uh, John Cho uh, pick. Oh, I wanted to cast him as Two-Face because I think he's great. And the Exorcist show I just watched. Mm-hmm. Because he plays like this loving father, but then like ha- through the rest of the series, he's this like possessed asshole, and it's like, oh my god, he's so good. Like, um, but I was like, oh my god, people are gonna get so tied up on his name and like, how do we pull this off? And like, I thought about it for too long. I think like too much <laughs> oh for god. like a dream casting. And I was like, you know what? Just I'm gonna go with Joel Edgerton on it. I yeah. like him. I think he's great. I think he could do the role. Um, but yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, I mean, they could have some explanation like harvey dent like he changed his name because his father used to abuse him and shit and he can keep that yeah yeah yeah. there's some ways that you could you could do that i hadn't thought of john cho as as two-faced but that that'd be interesting. he just cleans up so nice like Mm -hmm. you know i just think of him in star trek when he's like all clean cut and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh that'd be a good fucking harvey dent right there oh yeah you know and then just like uh, his turn in the exorcist because i 
when when I started watching the series, it's like this is weird. Like, why is he in this? <laughs> right. Thing here, you know, like uh, so I watched it, and then just like his turn when he goes full like demon mode is, mm-hmm. I was like, that's my two face man. The guy can <laughs> fucking pull it off. But I just, I just know fan, fandom, dude. They get so hung up on how they're portrayed before. Whereas I and I think Superhouse is just like, well, if you can pull it off, man, I don't care who the yeah. fuck you are, who. who who's acting as him or whatever, but you know, Joel Edgerton, if we have to go white guy, if not, Chacho. Nice. So Andrew, this was the second hardest one for me. Um, I think I would go Ed Harris. Oh, wow. Ooh, got old wow. I think the, the only thing is, I think he'd be much better. The villain shit that he would be the good, the good part. Well, maybe he's already starts off as two face in your version. Yeah, m- maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And you know, Maybe he may be even a little old for that role too, but I think I don't know. Maybe it'd be cool. No, I think it'd be good. Um, in um, the Needful Things movie, he's a good sheriff um, right. throughout yeah. it. He can pull off a good guy. I just think generally, like his roles now are playing like a a terrible, a terrible dude. <laughs> yeah. you know? it's yeah. like it's like Westworld and Mother. It's like yeah. Nah. <laughs> I guess if they went older, it could be like Harvey used to like sort of be a mentor type figure to Bruce or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, that, that could work. Yeah, um, yeah. Sort of segue to mine. Like I kind of based Harvey off of who's playing Batman, just sort of like some, yeah, some, yeah. some of the things that Catwoman and, and Robin. Because what's really important to me for the next version is the friendship between Bruce and Harvey. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, not yeah. really something they put in the movies at all. Billy D. Williams didn't even have a single scene with Michael Keaton. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones was already Two Face, uh, and then like Aaron Eckhart's Harvey kind of just regarded Bruce as this rich douche. They never really explored. There's a little friendship. bit. I mean, they're thematically or whatever. They they have like Bruce sees hope for Gotham in yeah. in in uh, the Dark Knight, but it was a little bit more. Not, like, there's no buddy buddy kept it. Yeah, it was thing. a little bit more like the Long Halloween where Harvey was just regarded Bruce as just like yeah, you 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 know fucking one percent like you don't get what it's like for me to yeah, be in the yeah. city or anything like that. Um, but I'd love to see the them carry over the friendship that was in the animated <coughs> series and everything. So yeah. I picture somebody who would grow up with Hall and sort of be this idealistic DA and everything that you would see in year one and everything. So I was thinking Army Hammer. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd to play great. off of Jake Hall's Batman. Yeah. You'd have, you can see, I, I was picturing them in a scene together with him as Harvey and you can already, for some reason, I think it's because the age uh, similarity, you can already picture that history. Yeah. You know, Jake is like trying to reach out to him and, and everything, and and Hammer's Harvey's all closed off and shit. You, it's a tall ass Two Face too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I pick, I was picturing some, I was running through some ideas, and I realized like, no, that guy for some reason everybody seemed too small to me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, that's because like most of the time Harvey Dent is like built like a brick house yeah, in the comics, right, right, for whatever reason, and like I liked how in year one like Gordon suspected Dent of being Batman. Oh shit! So that's you kind of cool. have yeah. So you kind of have this meta thing where Army Hammer used to be you know Batman and the Justice League Marvel <laughs> thing, yeah, and then now cool. he's yeah. Harvey Dent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also like I was looking sometimes at people who would be interested in it. And Hammer himself said he's not really interested in playing a superhero or doing the franchise shit. But like if he was playing Dent or Two Face, a one off. Sh- yeah, he it'd be a one off or maybe two movies at the most or whatever. Like I think he'd be more open to, it, especially if you say like, hey, you don't get to put on a suit, but you're this guy who's very psychologically, you know, very troubled and yeah. all that. And I think he'd be attached to that, especially now that he's getting a lot more Oscar buzz with um, right. this whole Call Me By Your Name movie right, and right, all right. that. He yeah. might be a little bit more open to doing, going back to more franchise stuff. Cause I know beforehand they tried Lone Ranger, they tried Man From U.N.C.L.E. and like those didn't seem to work out in terms yeah. of like box office. 
But like, if you have him as a co-star or as like the you know the villain, maybe something else would happen. We'll see. Right. Um, I cool. do have a pitch for that, but we can move on to the next guy. Pin on that. Moving yeah. on. Scarecrow. Awesome, yeah. Maddie. Uh, my pick is Joseph Molly. I might be mess- <laughs> make, uh, messing up his name, but he's Uncle Benjamin in Game of Thrones. And one of my favorite movies from the past couple of years, I don't remember, came out. It's called The Hallow. It's a horror film. It's like a British-Irish horror film. Um, and he uses a burning scythe in it. And, and I was just like, dude, that guy would be a great scarecrow. He's lanky. <laughs> but you could also picture him as being like a doctor or a psychiatrist. But like... Um, so in the hallow, he at some point gets infected and has to wrap his face up a little bit and he's all beat up and stuff. And he wears like a flannel shirt. And I just was watching it and like with my dad. And then I think Andrew sent this to me and I was like, that's my scarecrow, that motherfucker right there. Like him with a burning scythe at any point in a Batman movie, just to like, you know, if if he's put the fear toxin on Batman and that's what Batman sees, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this dude fucking do it. He's a great actor. That's my scarecrow pick. Nice. Uh, I'm assuming Joey doesn't have a scarecrow. I, I got one. I what? Got one. I got one. Okay. <laughs> uh, his name is Charlie Tehan or Tahan. Um, oh, the guy from Gotham. Is he in Gotham? He's in Gotham as the scarecrow. No way. Yes, I, sorry, just I don't watch the show now. He <laughs> yes, no one. Never mind. <laughs> well, fuck it. I don't have one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, he plays the young Crane. They even put him in the costume in the beginning of the season. Oh, man. So I haven't been watching this season. Well, check it out, and you'll get to see your choice play the role. So that's cool. Right. Andrew. Um, so you... uh, my pick is Adam Driver. Oh, man. That was my pick, too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, is, he might be, you know, stereo. What is it called? Typecast for... I was wondering if it would be too close because I'm just like you got another guy who's also kind of he's already played the lanky supervillain who wears a mask. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean th- that lankiness is perfect for this character. It's kind of the main reason. Oh, he's got the face for it for Jonathan Crane. You know? Yeah, and he's got the face as well. He would need to like debuff himself. Yeah, but you can bit. cover that up with all the rat. Like, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Crane doesn't need a shirtless scene. That's so, true. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So. Yeah, it's mainly the linkiness and the, his ability to play villains like mm-hmm. we've seen before. So what I like about him is um, not that, but like he's got the sort of he can still he can play up the nerd quality a bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's something that I don't think Killian Murphy quite had. Killian Murphy was kind of like after Batman Begins came out, like girls were like in love with Killian Murphy in his eyes. I'm just like that's not really what Scarecrow is yeah, supposed to be yeah, for. Yeah, like I'd rather and like yeah, Adam Driver has his own following, but if you put him in like the glasses and the tweed and, and yeah, all that, yeah. he really like puts character into it. Like I can I can totally see him just being this bookish, withdrawn guy who's just unleashed when he's in the in the costume. Right. And another thing that I think he has over Murphy is like for a character who's wearing a mask most of the time, you need. A, an actor who's got a really great voice for it. Right. And I don't think Murphy quite had it, but, like, imagine Adam Driver's Kylo Ren voice, a scarecrow right. being like, I can taste your fears. Like, right, you know, right, right. haunting Batman. Like, right. that'd be awesome. I mean, his... Yeah, I think everything... He's basically the best pick I could think of yeah, for this here. character. Yeah, same here. I was debating about Jackie Earl Haley, but I just felt he was a little old and a little short for the role. Yeah, you need the tall linkiness. I you need, think, for yeah, this you one. need that. I just, I, I'm just like, I can't. A short scarecrow just doesn't feel right to me. Short, pudgy for penguin, and tall, lanky for scarecrow. Yeah. Uh, it's fine because I think Haley is perfect pick for Doctor Savannah in the Shazam movie if they decide to do that. But we'll see. 
All right, moving on to who I thought was the trickiest one to cast. Roz Al Ghul. Yeah, that's pretty tricky, I think. Maddie, what do you think? All right, um, my pick for Roz would be, he would be, um, in whatever movie he would be appearing in, uh-huh. he would be fresh out of the Lazarus pit. Young, fit. Oh, okay. Nice, you know, he nice, wouldn't nice. be old. We wouldn't meet him old or anything. Or maybe we would when we cast a different person. But I would pick his Korean actor, Lee Byung-hun. I might be mispronouncing that because I suck at fucking <laughs> pronouncing foreign language names. So, But he's the dude in I Saw the Devil. He's also in like Red 2. He might be in Red 1. Um, and he was in G.I. Joe. Yeah, Storm Shadow, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love this actor. Yeah. I think he can like command the screen. I think he'd be great. Um, I just I was thinking of that movie, and I almost cast the older guy, the murderer, in I Saw the Devil. And then I saw it, and then I saw that actor, and I was like, it'd be cool to see like a newly like Lazarus Pit, like fucking Raz Al Ghul, like out of the pit, like that's his entrance, man. He just walks out of the pit, and you're like, oh shit, you know, we don't get old Raz, and we're already getting the Lazarus Pit, so like. We're going full like Batman here, you know. Like we believe all of this, but uh, yeah. that's my pick. Just because of everything I've seen him in, I just I'm amazed by that guy. And he can also do the action like nobody's business. So if you have this cool ass fight between him and Batman, it's gonna look fucking dope, yeah. you know. Um, not to say that Christopher Nolan's fight scenes weren't that. I mean, but come on, man. I mean, I saw the yeah. Devil action scenes were fucking amazing, you know. So that's my pick for us. Awesome. I got one. Oh, uh-oh, here we go. It's, it's it's a fantasy pick. It'll never happen. But uh, uh, I, I'd say Daniel Day-Lewis. Ooh, um, cool shit. Yeah. That's good. That's he, good. He would he would shut Hall down. Uh, bring him out <laughs> yeah, of retirement. Yeah. He's got the look. Uh, he probably can't fight worth a damn, but um, well, he probably used to could back in I mean, It's called Gangs in New York, dude. But, uh, There's some brutal ass <laughs> fights in that. Yeah. Like, well, milkshake yeah. boost. Yeah, <laughs> or what's that line in that one movie? I'm gonna be coming back for more than my money, boy. Yeah. Uh, in fucking um, anyway, there will be blood, probably. Yeah, there will be blood. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my awesome. fantasy. Pick. Throat. <laughs> That's a good fantasy pick, man. I did like. There's just some actors you don't consider. You're just like yeah. they'll never do it. You know. Yeah, yeah especially exactly. now that he's retired. But like, imagine if he did come out of retirement. He's coming out of retirement <laughs> though. That's the thing. Yeah. Who knows. He might be a secret Batman fan and just read the Denny O'Neill comments and like, oh, I have to play this. And then that's true. You never know. Phone and we get a new fucking Batman movie. <laughs> he probably, he probably word comes out one day. It's like, you know, I always wanted to do a Batman flick, but I just never want to say anything. His phone would be off. He finds some way probably... to like live forever in order to method act that shit. And then we get Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> movies till the dawn of time. <laughs> <laughs> I got as close as I could to a Lazarus pit. <laughs> yeah. I use it every day. I yeah. can't give it to anybody because Russell Gould wouldn't do that. I've been moisturizing. <laughs> Andrew, who's your Russell Gould? Uh, usually people want to cast him as a hero, but I would go Idris Elba. Oh. Yeah. I think he could, I think Roz needs to be a kind of a guy. I do I do really like Maddie's idea of him kind of being like he's freshly rejuvenated uh-huh. and young. Yeah, I was considering that too. Idris, obviously a little bit older, but... I think that he really kind of commands the screen, mm-hmm. and I do think that he would he's he'd be a good trainer character if they if he's training they Batman at they some do that point. Version? Yeah, if they ever needed that, at least for a flashback or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he just comes off as kind of a badass, and I think yeah, I think he could do it. I considered Idris for Two Face. 
Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm just yeah. like, he's got that female following for, you know, his handsomeness, and he could totally play the guy who's off the rails. Right. And you could also yeah. do kind of like Tim Burton said in the commentary for Batman 89 that he cast Billy Dee Williams because he pictured when he became Two-Face, the scarred side would be white, and so you do a little black and white oh, shit. type oh, shit. of thing, yeah. and that would be an interesting visual. Yeah. Uh, but he never really got around to do that, and that'd yeah. be, it'd be cool if you could get somebody another right. African-American Harvey Dent and brought that visual to life. There are people that think that the animated one in the 90s was African-American. Yeah, there are, but like I never really bought that. I didn't read it like that when I was a kid, yeah, but no. but I've met I people that, that did maybe. read it like that when they yeah. were kids. Mm-hmm. And I looked online, and this is a conversation that people have apparently. Some, yeah, some people believe that they did that because of Billy Dee Williams and stuff, Yeah, but like, I, there's not enough of a resemblance. Right. That's Especially probably where my... Bobby Cannavale comes from. Actually, yeah, the gangster. Oh, yeah, it's more like yeah. Bobby Cannavale than than any black person. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Um, Rosal Ghoul, I have a whole pitch for who I've got for Rosal Ghoul. Um, I'll just start with the actor, um, because I actually have an idea where he's going to be played by more than one guy. But for oh, shit. starters, um, I was like, look, let's just let's just throw in an Arab guy to play Russell Gould because that's his ethnicity in that's the comics. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gotham already took my first pick, which is Alexander Siddig. Okay. Um, so my pick is an actor named Ghassan Masood. He was Saladin in Kingdom of Heaven. Okay. He's got the cheekbones, he's Syrian and everything. He's got that presence, that sort of, you know, I believe in what I'm doing sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, the only issue I have is that he's going to be well into his 60s or 70s by the time Russell Gould shows up into these movies. Right. And I don't know if he can handle the fight sequences, but I came up with an idea of how to go around that. Uh, that isn't just... Because I, I considered like maybe it starts as Ghassan Masood, and then I find somebody else to play the younger version of him after the Lazarus Pit. Yeah. But then I came up with a different take that I think you guys will like. But we'll put a pin in that. We're, we're So many pins, but we will get to it. <laughs> and move on to the next one. Just uh, for the sake of being focused. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the last we are moving on to the bonus round, I believe. There's two bonus yeah. rounds, correct? Yeah. First yeah. bonus round is let's say if they do bring in Jillian Hall as Batman, it's likely that they could recast the whole entire thing and just do a whole reboot. And then the whole DC shakeup going on now, and and Leto not being in yeah. the best of uh, you know, not looked as the best Joker. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very possible this could happen. Yeah. Um, and then I'm I'm honestly down either way. Like Jared Leto. I feel like he's good enough after that if you gave him a different direction as he, the Joker. He could do it. He yeah. could pull it off. Yeah. But if they said, no, he's leaving the role, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same, so, same. let's say they recast the Joker. Who is your Joker? Maddie. Um, I'm going to go uh, Dane DeHaan. Um, I was oh, thinking, man. I considered I was thinking oh, that. Man. Yeah. Because only, like, good. when he becomes Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2, he does a sm- he has a smile in it that I'm just like, it's creepy, but oddly attractive. And I'm like, that's Joker. <laughs> and I think he also has the chops to like pull off like, you know, you were talking about like doing the scene with Jason Todd and like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think those two actors together could like make magic, you know, like just fully immersing themselves in to like what's happening in that scene. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a big fan of a cure for wellness and he does lose his mind a little bit in that movie. Um so I that would be my pick for Joker. I think he's got the smile, he's got the look. I'd just put some green hair on that motherfucker and put him in a purple suit and he can do it. Nice. Joey, please tell me you have a Joker. <laughs> I, I, I do. Um 
I, you know, I know we're kind of keeping a lot of the guys kind of young and, and, you know, I kind of want, I still want to see, uh, fucking, why am I blanking on his name? Oh my God. Um, hold on. I feel like you're about to hold say on. mine. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really certain you're about to say mine. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Uh, uh maybe. Andrew, do you want to reveal or shall we wait till Joey figures out the guy's name? Yeah. God, uh, I can. Uh, I, I always blank on this guy's name. Like, if I'm ever in any conversation, what was he in? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. That was mine. Yes, it was. Okay, because <laughs> he was. Yeah, because he. You know, he he was talking about doing the '89, and I guess it just never happened. And like, he's. I mean, he's still got the. The the smiles so easy. I know he's Green Goblin, but you know, whatever. Um, now he's Volko in Aquaman. Yeah, that's the problem too. Yeah, Ugh. I know. God damn yeah. it. I'm not up on the news. I forgot about. I mean, that, come actually. on, guys. He just cast Daniel Day Lewis. Okay, we can. <laughs> yeah, this is called. This is like a dream casting thing. And I, I chose him too because I, I think that he, he's kind of a. Um, it's kind of like fan service, but fuck it, dude. He, it's yeah. like he's got the perfect face for it. He is a little yeah. bit old, but you know what? Joker doesn't necessarily need to be super young. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, there's the fan hope going on that it would be revealed that Jared Leto is playing a copycat Joker, and that yes. William Defoe is the real Joker, just like, oh. <laughs> just like Jesse Eisenberg is just Lex Luthor Jr. and Brian Cranston yeah. is Lex Luthor Sr. is going to well, come the thing around. Is, oh, what's please. his name? Jesse Eisenberg is officially Lex Lex Luthor Jr. That's that's like official. Mm-hmm. So they very well could backpedal and have the real Lex Luthor come up at some point. He just smacks, like will, him, smacks him in the back of the head. Yeah, I was thinking that <laughs> like, exact same I mean, thing. Let's do it. I mean, <laughs> let's do that shit, baby. Um, I kind of liked Stefan's pick the last time we were talking about Joker with uh, Ryan Gosling. I'd be curious Ooh, be to good. see that with. Yeah, I, I just feel too. like you headline a Batman Joker movie with Gyllenhaal, Gosling. Everybody's gonna fucking. Go Everybody will fucking. Oh my god, nuts. dude! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take my money now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I already said this before on the podcast, but, like, there is a video online of him just doing just a random fake laugh, and it sounds just like a Joker laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can do the high-pitched stuff. He can, You know he can play, like, unhinged characters. I can just imagine his Joker. Just add that laugh to him being a motherfucker in the elevator to drive, and that's Joker. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And just obviously put on the clown makeup and and the purple suit and everything like that. Kind of detached too. He always his his characters always come off as kind of detached. To yeah, me. that and that would be interesting too because he's detached from humanity. This, yes, this character and um, I mean he'd also be good as sort of a more melancholy Joker. Like there's a there's a new comic arc that just wrapped up called the War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, and the whole point of it is that Joker. You know, with Batman stopping him at every turn, Joker's lost the ability to laugh, and all of his crimes are motivated by what's going to make him laugh again. That's cool. So I that's like kind that. of a cool idea, and I think Gosling could totally pull it off too. And you'd get to see him switch from. I, I, yeah, know, I, I think that all, that. The, all the Joker's we've seen before, they seem to, they're it's like too easy to laugh. Uh-huh. I think, which is fine. That's what should happen most of the time. But I think if it was somebody like Gosling, mm-hmm. maybe it would be cool to have it like he doesn't laugh all the time, but when mm-hmm. he does, is creepy as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of I mean, kicks you off guard. Like, Joker doesn't laugh through half the fucking movie, dude. So when you first hear that laugh, you're like, oh, that's fucking haunting. Joker's fucking here. You know? Right, yeah. right. Like, he but, only laughs once in the war in Jokes and Riddles. But, like, when he actually when you get to that scene, you're like, holy shit. In terms of what makes him laugh. You're selling this comic for me, man. I might be buying this. Check soon. it out. No, it's, it's, it's really interesting, honestly. Tom King is doing a great job. Nice. Okay, so I think we move on to the next bonus round, which is whoever you want. The last last the, round, bonus round, baby. Universe. So, Maddie, what characters do you want to see? What actors that you got? 
You know, I've got. Well, we went through this list, and there's not a lot of creatures. And you guys know me; I love creatures. <laughs> so so I'm go. picking Man Bat. Of course. Yes. Nice. Because why not? I mean, I don't think Man Bat can carry his own movie. I think he's just got to be a character within something else, which is fine. But I'm casting Doug Jones because why not? He's a creature yeah. actor now. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's going to be a great job. He'll be a great scientist trying to figure out this shit. And he always does a really great performance. And I think the thing is, is like when you have a creature, it goes a long way to have someone that knows how to give that costume a voice. And Doug Jones can do that continually through any Del Toro film. You see it. Um, I haven't seen Star Trek Discovery. I'm sure he's great in it. Um, I've even liked some of the movies that he isn't necessarily a creature in. So I know he's got the acting chops to pull it off. And, you know, why, why, why not? Like, we got this new DC universe. I think we need some more creatures, man. We got to lean into that Batman mythology a little more. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. Anybody else? Where's yeah, you guys were mentioning uh, Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. Timothy Calumet, Cal- he's in um, uh, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, he's in Hostiles, and he's also in Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an up- upcoming young actor. Um, I think he could definitely uh, uh, be our little our little Tim Drake that uh, mm-hmm. Batman's um, you know keeping safe. Mine isn't Tim Drake, but I, what about that guy that plays Eggy in uh, in Kingsman? No. Can- no, oh, okay. Taron. Yeah, Taren. whatever his name is. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> cool. Mine would be uh, Clayface because that was one of my favorite episodes as a kid, and um, I would pick uh, like either a guy that's like a super pretty boy to kind of give it like a um, to give it you know the contrast, or at least a guy that comes off as like an actor's actor. So I would go with like Jack Houston. Oh, if he'd ever do it. Okay. Um, I do think maybe even Jonathan Reese Myers, um, just yeah. somebody that just comes off as like an actor of the stage and screen, and then <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> and then he turns into Clayface. That. I think Houston, Houston has that for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go with Houston for mine. Um, mine was this was more like I thought of the actor before the character, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you guys the character first. Um, I always kind of thought. That Carmine Falcone was sort of overrated as like his mobster. Like they already, they always like it's always Falcone, it's always Falcone. I'm just like the mob can be more interesting than that. You got Penguin. And yeah. The other mobster I want to see is the Ventriloquist. Okay. You don't really see okay. that much of him. He's never been in live action. And the perfect actor I think for that is John Lithgow. Okay. He's okay. Like, yeah, he's yeah. On, yeah, he's on the older side. You sort of get that whole like you don't expect him to be. You know, you, you see him, you think he's harmless, especially now that these days. he's best he can do is daddy's home too so like, right yeah what the fuck man to see he was in, he was in dexter he was yeah, in yeah. Yeah. i know but that was years ago seasons of dexter. i know but that was like years ago like yeah. uh, what has he followed up has he followed up with that with any other hey listen sometimes you like, just need to add a bathroom onto your house man you gotta do that too i'm just saying he deserves better stuff and i can totally see him and he you know there was reports about the fact that he was approached a couple times to play Joker in the 80s. Really? Yeah. Wow. He was considered, but I think this would be a better role for him. I think he could totally mm-hmm. pull it off. Yeah. Um, so I thought of him, and then the other role I thought of was, um, this is potentially for the Justice League. Yeah. But uh, as I said before on the podcast, my one of my favorite Justice League animated versions is Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Okay. And the villain of that is Owlman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for, for listeners who might not be familiar, that's like on... DC has all the multi 
universes, and there's different Earths, and on Earth 3, all the good guys are bad. So mm-hmm. instead of the Justice League, it's the Crime Syndicate. And instead of Batman, it's Owlman. And right. Owlman is essentially if Batman was evil. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the twist is that on this Earth, um, Bruce Wayne is dead, and it's his older brother, Thomas Wayne Jr., who's okay. Owlman. Um, so it wouldn't be as simple as like casting Gyllenhaal as as Owlman, though. Like I'd be down for that if they did that. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, okay, who could be good in the as like an as like an evil Batman, and um, an actor who I don't think gets enough of recognition for playing bad guys is Daniel Craig. Okay. Oh, see Daniel yeah. Craig as Owlman. Oh, that'd be Gyllenhaal. great. Oh yeah. shit. Because like I remember the first time I saw him wasn't as James Bond; it was a Road to Perdition. Okay. Yes. And there's something yes. about him where I'm just like, this guy's insane. This guy's unhinged mm-hmm. and stuff. And so when they first cast him as Bond, I'm like, are you kidding me? He should be the villain instead. But then like <laughs> I saw him, I'm like, okay, he's great as Bond, but yeah. like I still think he'd be great, a great villain, and just see him as like the psychotic Batman and everything right. would be awesome. And in, in doing my research for this, uh-huh. I did a bunch of like casting searches. Yeah. And one one that did stand out to me was that people think that Paul Dano should be Mad Hatter. And I thought that was a pretty pretty cool pick. Yeah. Batman will beat the crap out of him just like in every single Paul Dano movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I think I think he'd be They've already worked uh, together too, so Oh yeah, that's true. Jill Hall's already beat the shit out of him. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted Oops. to do I had another pick. If we're gonna do another Robin, I was going uh Carrie Kelly. Oh I think it would be interesting to throw her in and, you know, maybe just skip Tim Drake, but you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm talking outside of things here. People might go, Maddie, you're wrong. We need Tim Drake. But my pick for that Robin would be Sophia Lewis from I, uh, I it. it. Yep. So okay, uh, yeah, I'm actually yeah. watching it right now, and I was like, God, she'd be so good. Yeah, she's, she's so good at everything. She's, yeah. No, she'd be great as either that or Barbara Gordon, depending on how old Barbara Gordon's yeah, going to be. That yeah. Would be movie. That, that either one, I think she'd be great. But um, yeah, I, I I had that as like my other pick, but I was like, are we going to do this? How long are we going to do this for? I don't want to. Mm. But you went ahead, Ben, so I was going to go ahead. <laughs> nice. So does that end the uh, that casting ends the call? Casting call, and I guess we move on to move back to. Ben's pitches. <laughs> Book end this shit. We're moving back into the Super House pitch. Pitches. Um, so, for some of these We're back, pitches. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. So, I was thinking about different movies for some of these. Now, some characters, like Penguin, I thought would be better as, like, um, a side character or side villain for another thing. So, like, I don't have a movie for every single one. But for each one, I thought it'd be cool if they had this take or that that sometimes involves different genres. So I'm going to start with Catwoman. And I think with Catwoman, like, there's this tendency to do Batman meets Catwoman. Batman has trouble arresting her because she's hot. And like, and I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, there's got to be more to it than this. Yeah. So I'm picturing that, like, you would be introduced to this woman who's gone into the GCPD and her name is Elva Barr and she's like this dread act addict. she's got like needle holes on her arm and basically it's the opposite of what you would ever expect Catwoman to be mm-hmm. and she says hey I have information I just heard that Penguin is, has a shipment coming in blah 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 she's like this really important witness for Batman and Gordon and they go off and they try to find the shipment and they find there's nothing there and right. Meanwhile, back at police headquarters, this supposedly helpless woman starts beating the shit out of cops and stealing evidence for Penguin. 
and she mm. takes off the makeup and everything, and you reveal it's Olivia Wilde as Selena Kyle. Oh, shit. And okay. this version of her is like this con artist, mistress of disguise take that hasn't really been there since the Golden Age version of Catwoman. But you'd see Mistress it, of the Skies? Mistress of Disguise. Disguise, yeah, sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> okay, she was yeah. always, like, the first time Catwoman showed up, she wasn't in the cat suit. She was dressed up as an old woman. Oh, okay, in yeah. The very, in, and I'd like the that play cool. off of that, of terms like, you'd never, like, she's the one who you have no idea what she's got going on. Right. And so it seems like she's working for Penguin, she's helping out. Penguin has her, you know, as his insurance against Batman, you know, whenever Penguin is doing shit... Catwoman shows up to fight Batman. Penguin even put her in like a costume and everything. And it seems like, okay, she's his henchman. Or is she? Because Batman starts getting a whole bunch of evidence against Penguin just dropped off at the Batmobile. Right. And everything. And Batman, the whole mystery isn't a who done it. But if Batman's a detective, it's more of a like why done it sort of thing. Okay. Like, why is she like this? And so you kind of get this the whole movie is almost this Thomas Crown affair esque thing, except it's Catwoman as the Thomas Crown role and Batman as the one investigating her sort of thing and this whole thing is just this long con of like her playing Batman and Penguin against each other until uh, you reveal at the end she's trying to get Batman to capture Penguin because she wants revenge on Penguin and you can have this uh, backstory where like Penguin was responsible for something that led to the death of her sister or she's manipulating like Batman for her own goals yeah for her own goals yeah. and everything but like you'd get this really almost like sexy but intellectual cat and mouse game between the two yeah, of them, yeah. where like she's always steps ahead Batman's trying to catch up and all that you know if he's Sherlock Holmes she's the Irene Adler to Sherlock Holmes or okay. anybody who's familiar with that um, mm-hmm. she's like just as smart as he is and that right. way it's less about the sex appeal and more about um, her being his intellectual equal right and you find out this whole thing has been against Penguin and you know she even tells Penguin like you should have known when I picked the cat suit cats eat birds <laughs> so nice. like, it's, it's all up against her and like in a twist you could have it that like she chooses to you know not kill penguin okay and batman sort of you know they're in, he batman and selena sort of have this relationship and she might move into wayne manor at the end and sort of become this ally or maybe not to, you know it's sort of be up in the air you never really know of her sort of thing but i think it'd be really cool to do almost like a catwoman centric movie not cool. just to redeem the Catwoman movie after Holly Berry, which everyone forgot, but like right. to do something that like gives a lot more depth to her than just oh she's a sexy cat thief and I always get thrown off because right. because of my boner when I'm watching her <laughs> uh, whenever Batman tries to stop her right? so that's what he's thinking. So that's uh, that's one way to do it. Um, for Two Face, I have a different take where um, I don't know. It always sort of annoyed me how Two Face in every single at least campy thing. Is, has this obsession over twos and stuff? I'm mm. like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's it doesn't duality of nature, whatever the fuck. Or... Yeah, but like, what is like robbing two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred billion dollars from the Second National Bank of Gotham on Second Street have to do with duality? Like, it's oh, just yeah. a gimmick, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so again, I do want to do the uh, friendship between him and Bruce, but I almost I want to avoid the twos, and I also think it's better if we don't do the split personality thing. Because yeah. I feel like that's played out. What? I know, right? What? I feel like it's played out. I think you're not really going to beat the Batman animated series version of it. Um, I think it's more interesting if it's a guy who just got tired and fed up of always having to do the right thing. And he's kind of representative of what if Batman gave up. Okay. Everything. And so instead of him being obsessed with twos, he's obsessed with fate. You know? He's okay. Obsessed, he's, he's thrown morality out of the window, and now everything is up to the coin. 
the yeah. coin. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I don't care about you doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Because, like, in, again, if you look back in the original comics, the very first Two Face comic, he was just as much an upstanding citizen at the same time as a supervillain. Sometimes right. he would rob a bank, and then if, if the coin landed on a good side, he would donate all that money to charity. Oh, shit. So they kind of forgot about that element, but this is a it's, guy... It's funny you mentioned fate, and going back to um, No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. there's that scene in the end where he says, she says to the guy, uh, the coin don't have no say. Yeah. And then he says, the coin got here the same way I did. Mm-hmm. It's this belief in fate. Fate brought both him and the coin there. Yeah. So it, I think that... That if you brought that kind of like that idea into uh-huh. it, I think yeah, it's definitely definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah, where he has like no sense of what's right and wrong anymore. It's like it's not up to me. It's up to it's up to what coin flip and everybody's fate is up to that, and that can be a very frightening thing. Right. Um, so in a way, he's like the ultimate wild card. Sometimes he tips off Batman and the cops. Sometimes he tips off the criminals. Like you right. never know whether to trust him. He's both Batman's deadliest enemy and most powerful ally at the same time. He's yeah, always playing both cool. sides because, like, his name is Two Face. Like, come on, he's always backstabbing yeah. people. That's I think is way more interesting than like robbing banks because of the twos or whatever. <laughs> well, they never done that in movies either, though, right? They I didn't kind of did in the beginning of Batman Forever, but like, oh, well, it's, yeah, it's become such that. a part of him in the comics, and like he's always like sometimes he's arguing with himself. And I'm like, look, I've seen the whole split personality thing. I've seen the twos. Like, let's do something more interesting mm-hmm. with this character. Um, I think because like. The cliche is that Penguin is like in the Iceberg Lounge. Batman comes in for information, beats the shit out of him, and, and lets out. I think it's way more interesting instead if Two Face is the snitch most of the time. Mm. If Batman comes to comes to Two Face, he's like, you know, I know you know something, Harvey. Right. And Harvey like flips the coin, and if it lands on the scarred side, he's like, you know, screw you, Batman. And then if it right. lands on the clean side, he, he gives the information. But like Two Face could be sort of interesting, like on the sidelines. Sort of not not the main villain, but like somebody who like you don't know whether he's gonna help Batman out out, out right. or help the villains out at the end. Right, right, right. So I think that'd be really cool. Uh, my next pitch is for the Scarecrow, where again, like some of this is, comes from when you've read the amount of comics I have with these characters, it gets to the point where you sort of recognize the cliched stories. <laughs> yeah. So like for Scarecrow, it's like <laughs> Scarecrow shows up, douses Batman, fear gas. Batman gets you know hallucination, but then right. like has to overcome his fear, shows up again. Gets sprayed by the fear toxin, isn't afraid anymore, and beats the shit out of Scarecrow and sends him to Arkham. Right. And I'm like, this is just it. At this point, I'm bored by it. I want something different. Right. So yeah. I thought of something new where if a new way to introduce the Scarecrow into the Batman mythos is to have Batman. Maybe he's at his wit's end. Uh, he's getting burned out. He's mm-hmm. chasing criminals all over the place. He just caught Man Bat, Ventriloquist, everybody in like one week. He's, yes. he's, he's lost his, you know, he's lost a step, and and Alfred's like, look, maybe it's time for you to conquer your demons once and for all. So he tries to help Bruce by hiring him a therapist, Doctor Jonathan Crane, okay, played by Adam Damn. Driver in my version. And so Crane is like doing these therapy sessions with Bruce, and Bruce is deliberately vague, but Crane figures out this guy's Batman. Yeah, and then he gets excited about it. He's like, oh my god, like the savior of Gotham is my patient. Right holy shit, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. What can I do to help my patient? And he realizes what I can do is help him get a step back. I can help him overcome his fears. So he creates the persona of the Scarecrow for Batman to fight. Okay. As a warped therapy for Bruce. Okay. I'm helping you. His his motivation is I'm helping you become a better hero sort of thing. Okay. So it, it'd be this weird relationship between the two where Bruce realizes he's really indebted to Scarecrow for a lot of stuff, 
but he also hates the guy because he's right. been all all of his actions have been rooted in trying to you know all the people he's terrorized and everything is all for Bruce. Right. Um, and also that's back to what I was thinking about how a lot of these costume villains they kind of just randomly put on costumes there's mm-hmm. not really an explanation for it whereas i guess in my version of things a lot of them put on the costumes because of batman because uh, they think that's the only way that makes sense in order to engage with him right mm-hmm. so it'd be kind of this psychological thriller mixed with a horror movie sort of thing where this 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 back and forth between the two of them and it's all rooted in crane just being the most twisted therapist you could ever have right being like, i'm trying to make you better and it's like you're killing people and everything like it'd be it'd be i think a really interesting dynamic mm-hmm. um next is ross al ghul now to me this is a trickier the trickiest character of the cast because you need someone who's kind of on the older side for most of the time if you go traditional i know maddie decided to go younger with lazarus pit and i consider that too but if I wanted to go a little traditional, it would be someone who's a little older with a gravitas, somebody who could take on Batman in a fight, and also doesn't really trigger these stereotypes. Because the thing is, like, Nolan kind of got away with casting Liam Neeson in 2005. Mm-hmm. If he was making Batman Begins now, no fucking way. It just right. wouldn't have happened. Because, like, this is an Arab character. His name is Arab. His origin right. is from ancient Egypt. Right. So, like, you know, you don't want to whitewash the character. But on the other hand... Rosal Ghoul was like the ultimate supervillain terrorist, and what mm-hmm. are Arab actors sick of playing? Terrorists. Yeah, ter- yeah that's that's yeah, tricky, villains. huh? Yeah. Um, so I had to keep that in mind. I'm like, okay, I want to stay true to the ethnicity, but I also don't want to trigger those stereotypes. I also have to consider the fact that this is sort of the fourth version of Rosal Ghoul if you count the TV ones. Right. Um, so the Arrow version at least had the Lazarus Pit and everything, but what it got wrong was that it was the title that was passed down from person to person. Right. Just like how, like, I had an issue in The Dark Knight Rises when it was revealed that Ra's al Ghul was just a guy who joined the League of Shadows and kind of took it over. And I'm like, okay, so, like, what happened to the dude who's, like, been alive for centuries right. and started this thing? So I wanted to keep that. And um, I was thinking, how do you make this different? So I was thinking, what if you show up, you, you show Ra's al Ghul, you show all the traditional elements of Ubu Talia, he wants Batman to be his heir and everything. And it seems like, okay, this is a traditional Ra's al Ghul story. Until Batman figures out, Roz doesn't actually want him to be his heir. That's a role, a red herring. If you've read The Resurrection of Ra's al Ghul, Grant Morrison came up with the idea that uh, in certain like mystical things that he can do, Roz can take over a body as his vessel. Okay. So Roz is seeking Bruce's, basically to take over Bruce. Okay. Take over his life. And if you think about it, it actually makes more sense than, like, I'm going to pass over my entire organization to a dude in a bat suit. Right. Like, instead, it's more like you have the resources, you have the skills, and, like, you know, you're physically fit and everything. I can Physically continue. fit, billionaire. And, like, sure, yeah. my daughter's in love with you, and that's going to be weird for her at first, but, like, she's my daughter. She can get over it yeah. and find someone else. And uh, it just – it seems – it makes more sense to me that that's what he's actually after. Right. And Batman will refuse that. Um and find out the reason why is that Roz can only use the Lazarus Pit so many times before it can it'll just kill the body. Right. And Ghassan Masood's Roz al Ghul, you know, looking like he's you know past his prime, is looking for this new body because he can't use it anymore. That would be cool. So yeah. Batman refuses, and he has to find he has to bump it down to his second choice. And so he decides, all right, fine, I'm going to fight Batman in my second as my second choice. And he takes over the body of one of Bruce Wayne's martial arts masters, played by Donnie Yen. 
Okay. And now Donnie Yen gets to play Ooh. Russell Ghoul. Oh my and god. And now you can actually have a martial arts fight between yeah. Russell Ghoul and Fuck. Batman. And it's still the same dude, right? Yeah. He's just in a different body. Yeah. And you kind of get away with the fact that, like, okay, yeah, we started with the Arab version, but now right. he's taking over this other guy. And then maybe Mr. Freeze shows up in Revenge for Nora and freezes oh the fuck god. out of Donnie Yen. Now he has to find another body. So he takes over the Spanish playboy who's like a friend of Bruce Wayne's, and now you get Pedro Pascal playing Razal Ghoul. And mm. now you get to have him do the funnel on sword fight right. with Batman from like the Neil Adams era. And then you can just pass on from like one actor to the next, and you never really know who he's going to show up as right. next time. And, you know, he, he could just be Bruce Wayne is just casually meeting somebody, and then, and then the guy is like, you know, it's good to see you, detective, and everything. Right. And Bruce is like, oh, shit, it's Roz. Right. I, I think it'd be a really interesting dynamic. And you get, you know, you again, you get to do away with all the stereotype stuff and still stay true to the character because it's all still rooted in the comics. Right. But this would definitely make it different from the Nolan version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which for is sure. a concern for Mike because I'm just like, how are you going to one-up Liam Neeson being his trainer, you know? Right. And yeah. I think something like this would be different enough that you could pull it off i think it makes a little bit more personal too, more ground level mm-hmm. like a guy an old guy that wants a newer body that makes that makes a little bit more personable than than illuminati trying to uh you know, like it's kind of felt like the illuminati destroying a city like they made yeah they made um the league of assassins kind of like illuminati type right sort of in the nolan verse plus like for a guy who's been around for centuries you're going to tell me that he at some point he's just going to give up and pass it on to some other dude no he's going to try to live as long as possible till he sees his goals have, yeah. you know been fulfilled he's not just going to pass it on to anybody right right i so. like it too because it's like you keep with the like the supernatural that always shows up in batman too mm-hmm. you know and you also kind of get like a little vampire-esque kind of stuff too oh yeah um so that's cool yeah i fucking love that idea man nice. and plus you, you sold me with donnie yen honestly <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was yeah, like, all right i like the that's passing the body stuff i'm <laughs> in and he's like but then we cast donnie yen i was like oh yeah yeah, oh, I mean, man. you can see that. Like Donnie Yen is kind of on record recently saying he's tired of playing stereotypical martial arts people. But like, come on, dude, you get to play the one of the most iconic Batman villains ever. Like, I'm sure he'd at least, dude, a, be open to a it. A Batman fighting a guy fully versed in kung fu, like yeah. John, Donnie Yen. Oh my god, dude, that would be incredible. Like, I, like you see, like okay, Liam Neeson, like sure he's a badass, he can take him. Gaston Masud, okay, like he's gonna get his ass kicked because he's 60 something. But like Donnie Yen versus Gyllenhaal, you're like, oh shit, Gyllenhaal is gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And as soon as Donnie Yen walks on screen, whoever you're fighting, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Russell Gould has been tr- doing this stuff for centuries. You really think you could take him on a fight? And right. you need that. You need that feeling of like, okay, Batman doesn't stand a chance. He's in over his head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would just say this about Rogue One. Donnie Yen needed to be a fucking Jedi. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. Yeah. He wasn't. He's still badass. But God. Damn, would I love to see Donnie Yen as a Jedi at some Imagine point. at the end if he like reached out because he was too far away from that trigger thing, and then he just used the Force. To... Oh, right. Oh, right. my God. It would have been so great. Just a little bit of Force ability. Like, he could tap into it because it had to be done. Mm-hmm. Like, it was part, Like it was destined. Because he believed. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it would have been great. I didn't, especially tying into, like, despite how you feel about The Last Jedi and how people can use the Force, <laughs> I think, you know, the Force is all around us, and it could be used for certain things, so... It's like when moms like pick like pick up cars to save their children and shit. Donnie Yen just needed to pull that switch. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm, you know, but I think that would have been a little much, and the fans would have been like, "Yeah, Rogue One was good, but that shit sucked." When Donnie Yen used the Force, because like he's not a Force user. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. fuck them. Yeah, no, I feel like you felt for that character enough that if he did that, like, you'd have to be cold hearted. To, yeah, like, that's not true. Love that. Yeah, those people exist, man. Those people exist. Yeah, well, as Andrew said, fuck them. 
Uh, my last one is a Joker movie. Now this is tough, right? Because you're competing with Dark Knight, and yeah. you've had like there's how many different Batman versus Joker things have you seen in the past? Not just like yeah. live action movies, but like you got the Mark Hamill take. Yeah, dating back, you got Cesar Romero, and I'm yeah. just like I can't. I can't see them ever going back to doing yet another movie where Batman meets Joker for the first time and doesn't know how to yeah, handle him yeah. and, and everything. I think you start with them already having a history, but then you still got to do something different with it, right? Right. So how do you pull that off? Here's my idea. Uh, Batman starts off in this sort of Manhunter, Sons of the Lambs-esque thriller where he's hunting after a serial killer who's doing all these clown themes. Right. right, and it's like it's stuff you would imagine Joker would do, but like to the R-rated extreme, where right. he's like he's carving smiles in people's faces, but he's also beheading them. Oh, and shit. Batman's like, okay, what's happening? And he tracks it down to a killer clown being played by Peter Dinklage. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Now here's what's going on: Peter Dinklage is not playing the Joker. Obviously, he's playing Gagsworth, who is okay. a henchman in the old comics, who was a dwarf, who helped him out a bit. And I'm thinking in this version. He wasn't just a henchman. He was... Um, little person, Ben? Yes. <laughs> just, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> he wasn't just a little person. He was a henchman. <laughs> no. he, he, was a, he was an acolyte. He was... You know how in the serial killer culture, there's like the disciple uh-huh. and everything. Joker taught him and everything like that. So you get a much creepier relationship. And now that Joker's in Arkham, yeah. Dinklage's Gagsworth wants it to be his time. You know, okay. in the spotlight and everything, he gets to make his mark on Gotham City. He gets to be the new clown prince of crime. And Batman is trying to hunt after him, but like he's not able to catch him. He doesn't under- really understand what's how to get to him. He doesn't know anything about him, but he, know who's, who, he knows who does. So he goes right. to Arkham, mm-hmm. and he shows up. And you see Joker in his cell for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm picturing it's Gyllenhaal's Batman confronting Gosling for the first time on screen. And Batman gives the rundown where he's like, you know this guy better than I do. You taught him. You trained him. And, you know, even you can't be happy with the fact that he is trying to copy you and everything. And Joker's got this big smile on his face. And he says, ask me. Mm -hmm. And Batman says, you know what I want. And Joker's like, I know, but I want to hear you say it. Mm -hmm. And Batman says, I need your help. Oh, shit. And so what you have is a Tarantino-esque Batman-Joker team-up movie. Up oh my against God. Gagsworth, where Gagsworth. the first thirty minutes is like Silence of the Lambs. He's trying to get info yeah. from Arkham, and then like ha- like thirty minutes in, Batman's like, "This isn't enough. I need him with me." So he breaks him out of Arkham. Yeah, oh my and now God, you got this forty-eight dude. hours style, but uh, like twisted buddy cop thing. Gordon's that would be hunting. Fucking nuts. Gordon's hunting after him. Joker is like now in the Batmobile with Batman, laughing his ass off that he's able to get him to pull him out of Arkham. Yeah, we've seen Batman interrogate someone. Can you imagine Joker interrogating somebody? Right on Batman's, uh, you know, behalf. And then like third act is just full on good, the bad, the ugly, where Batman and Joker are now like separated and they're separately yeah. trying to hunt after Gagsworth. Batman just wants to bring Gagsworth to justice and bring Joker back to Arkham. Yeah. Joker wants to kill Gagsworth because he's just like, how dare you upstage my act? That's true. Everything That's like his that. motive, huh? Yeah. And then, you know, I can see the trailer is like Gyllenhaal, Gosling, Dinklage. Yeah. And it's like, you know, who will be, you know, who will rule the night? Who will rule Gotham and all that? And it's it's all down to just who is, you know, who comes out on top? Who's going to die? Oh, my God, dude. Like, fucking... I need this movie now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. And, and when you said Tarantino style, like, even at that point, like, I would like to even see DiCaprio as, like, the Joker, because I, I think he could do it. Like, um, just from his character from Django Unchained, I think he could right, be a yeah. Joker. Yeah. I mean, oh, I would love to see Gosling, but, like, 
Gyllenhaal up against DiCaprio would also be equally as great. Yeah, no, I, I like, love, to see I DiCaprio love turn around, you know, and just be the Joker would be, I think it'd blow people's fucking mind, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. you know, like what you're describing, it would be great. Cause it's like, it's everything you've ever wanted. Like it's everything you've ever wanted to see. Like it's his greatest villain, mm-hmm. but now they're riding around in the Batmobile. Right. Now they have to work together. Like this doesn't make sense, but it works. <laughs> just that you know? the trailer, just a shot of them writing. Oh, it would yeah. be like no, a no, ten no. second trailer. I was picturing, just... yeah, I was, I was picturing the trailer being like that, but to like some, you throw in, you know, this is Tar- I said it's Tarantino. I imagine just like hyper violent. You could throw in the Morricone music from like you know the Ecstasy of Gold oh is playing God. and throwing it. says Gyllenhaal, and he's like in the bat suit, just like losing his shit, and then it's yeah, like yeah. Gosling or DiCaprio, and it's like the Joker beating the shit out of somebody while like cack- cackling. You got Dinklage. <laughs> just like staring not even blinking with like clown makeup as he's like sharpening a bloody knife and everything yeah. and you just want to see all these guys like come to a head and it's going to be obviously this Mexican standoff at the end where the three of them and it's like how is it going to turn out hell I've, I mean I came up with it but I don't even know how I'm going to end does it does Gagsworth copy his makeup not really I mean if you look at how it looks like in the comics like he he would still do the white face obviously but yeah. like I, I picture him trying to do his own thing like okay. maybe in the beginning he sort of looks like Joker. He kind of gives it would, up after a while. He would like try to be his own thing. He would like try to evolve. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That would be good. So you got like as you got the whole like serial killer type movie mixed in with a buddy cop thing and like yeah. all these different genres. Everything definitely in my mind is R rated. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah there's be. blood all over the place. Like I, I, I don't even, I don't know if there's room for Harley in this, but like you could do a whole true romance yeah. thing with that too. So I don't yeah. know, but. Uh, it's it's sort of what I thought of as like here's a new take on the Joker, right? Where like he has to team up with this guy because that was one of my favorite episodes of the Brave and the Bold cartoon. He actually had to team up with Joker in, in one of the episodes. Oh shit! And I just thought that was a great dynamic, but like they did it for kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you do that in like today's universe? Right, right, right. In the regular like adult version of it. And like, yeah, I think I think but, Harley would be a good uh, later in the uh, movie kind of. Switching Joker over to, because maybe Joker's like loving the idea that he could be a good guy or something, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, even because yeah, we know he's not, not. we know yeah. he can't be because he's the Joker, right? right? But Harley has to come in and bring him back to, you know, Puddin. Come on, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, that would be kind of cool to incorporate that aspect of it, because then it would be like, well, now I got to fucking take out this guy, Joker, and Harley. <laughs> Fuck. Right. And then you yeah. could also introduce, you know, a Robin at this point, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like when we talked about this earlier, how like every script was like, we got to throw Robin in, we got to <laughs> get Robin in there. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. but like just talking on this podcast is like, could we get Robin in it? Like, <laughs> like to make like to make sense. Like it would be cool to introduce maybe a Robin character during this film. Yeah, Batman needs you know, backup in this. Oh, yeah, I mean, I yeah. can't imagine taking on, like, you know. But, no, dude, that fucking, oh, man. <laughs> but that, ben, I mean, anytime but... you bring anything to this podcast, I'm like, Jesus Christ, Hollywood, please be listening. <laughs> like, I don't even care if I get it. Like, just give Ben the rights. Fucking Christ. <laughs> like, I don't even care if I'm consulted at any point. Like, well, you were on the podcast, and you did mention this, and we're going to use it. I'm like, just take it. Just mm-hmm. take it and make it, put it on the screen, make everyone happy. I know my ideas are genius. Just take it. Just take <laughs> it. Just a little writing credit. It'll be fine. Yeah. You did bring up a good point, though. I'd love to see them play with the idea of, like, wait, can Joker be redeemed? Like, what if he is, like, Batman's expecting him to kill a bunch of motherfuckers, and, like, Joker, like, deliberately holds back because he wants Batman to be on his toes and everything. Yeah. You see yeah. him, like, deliberately, like, mock Batman. Like, he's, like, impersonating him and shit, and, and like, 
He doesn't do it to be good. He does it to fuck with Batman's head. Yeah, he saves somebody. Like, picturing that Joker, like, saves somebody just to mess with Batman. And, and like, a little clip of that also could be in the trailer. And and Mm -hmm. it's just like, like, if trailer's supposed to make you ask questions, like, that would be perfect. Because it's like, why the fuck is Joker saving people? Yeah, like, he's trying to be a hero, but why, necessarily? And then, like, when Harley comes in, she's like... She's not sure whether to like it or not, and then like Gagsworth wants to go. Like here's here's how I remember Gagsworth. <laughs> Gagsworth I love that name. He, he's it, it, it's legit Google it, but like yeah, uh, yeah. the reason why I know Gagsworth is because I read the comic that Paul Dini brought him back, and Paul Dini brought him back where Gagsworth actually hunted after Harley. Okay. Because he's like, you replace me. Ah, and maybe if, that's cool. Yeah, yeah maybe if cool. I kill you, I can get my buddy again. Right. So like maybe that could be a subplot too. Well, it'd cool. be funny. Like, it'd be cool to have like Margot Robbie because I thought, in my opinion, the best part of oh, Suicide yeah. Squad was her. Yeah. Um, I can't to have her come else. back, and she's just kind of like latched on to Gagsworth as, mm-hmm. well, I guess this is the new Joker because you know Putin's in jail, whatever. Uh-huh. You know, I'm here for the chaos. You know, that would would also make Joker mad. You know, that's his lady. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be kind of interesting if you uh, added that aspect to it or something, but. I yeah. mean, Jesus. That there's would be a, a whole lot, lot of us just sitting around a table <laughs> just being like... I never thought about this idea about Joker teaming up with Batman uh-huh. before. I could see... I've always been able to see it with the other villains, I guess, but with Joker, I think it does make it definitely an interesting take. Well, because he's the last person you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We yeah. talked about Mr. Freeze going after Ross, and you're like, okay, I can kind of see that because the guy just wants to save his wife. Yeah, Two-Face yeah. used to be Harvey, Selena, okay, she's always like in the gray area, Jason Todd even, but then like Joker is like, no way. Yeah. And, like, that's why this has to happen. Right, yeah. Because you don't picture it, because it's so unexpected. Yeah. It's fucking great, man. Can't wait. Dude. <laughs> I think it's like, I think, honestly, I think if they recast, like, Leto or something, this would be the way to bring in a new Joker. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it would be so great. Like, you like, I mean, obviously, we're going to know who's going to be cast as Joker, but how are they going to introduce him? Mm-hmm. So if it's Gosling, DiCaprio, whoever the fuck they decide to do, it would be great. Like, that's the last thing you would expect is a team up mm-hmm. of Batman and fucking Joker. I think that's going to be it for episode 106. Mm-hmm. This is Andrew signing off. Ben signing off. Joey signing off. It's Maddie. See you. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And we'll talk about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. (laughs) That's the coolest thing. (laughs) Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. (laughs) And we can make money. (laughs) What? (laughs) If you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. You give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. I'll do that. that. You get to go on a date with one of us for (laughs) $10,000. But you pay for everything. (laughs) You get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. (laughs) Superhouse Gigolo Project. 2018. (laughs) Links in the description. (laughs) 